You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Everybody, hey, yeah, yeah, baby, wow, wow, yeah. Welcome back to the Get Tucked Podcast. I am your host, Tuck. It's me. I'm here. Woo. All right, everyone. How are you? Are you good? I hope so. I'm doing pretty well. My business, Featured X, that we just launched two weeks ago, has kept me insanely busy. I've gotten to speak to some of my favorite vocalists, and luckily, a bunch of them are on the site. Still no sign of Davey Havoc, though. Um, Davey, I used to have bangs like you when I had bangs, so please, if you hear this, come join my website. Uh, I'm going to keep dreaming, but you probably won't hear this. Do you want to work with Ryan Kirby? Do you want to work with Ryo Kinoshita, Tom Barber, or a bunch of other vocalists? Because you can. All you have to do is go to FeaturedX.com, click on their profile, and send them your song and your social media links. If you want Ryan to scream on a song for 30 seconds straight, he can probably do it. Um, in my local band when I was younger, we had some really cool features on songs. We had Matt Wentworth from Our Last Night sing on a track, and we also had Tay Jardine of We're the In Crowd sing on a track, and they were some of the coolest moments that my local band ever had. And it did really work. We almost got signed to Roadrunner until we fucked it up at a showcase and played really poorly. But they were huge for us. So you can actually check out those songs. They're pretty old, but on YouTube, it's Visions, V-I-S-I-O-N-S. And the song name is Tori Black. That's the one that had Matt Wentworth. Yes, like the porn star. And the other one is Visions, Reality Check for Tay Jardine. You should check those out because they were good. And I liked those songs. I still listen to them occasionally myself. Shout out to Chris Aiken if you're listening to this because I miss you. Okay, enough about my Screamo website. Even though it is the most Screamo website on earth, I think. I can't really find a more screamo one. But let's talk about the most screamo lady on planet Earth. This week, my guest is Courtney LaPlante of Spirit Box. No one has made a bigger splash during COVID than Courtney. The new Spirit Box singles comboed by her one-take videos have really brought them to the top of everyone's list. We had a really great time. Thank you so much to her manager, Jason, for hooking this up for me. Um... I'm a huge fan of the band, I think just like everyone else is at the moment, and I just wanted to see what it's all about and get to know her, and luckily she was absolutely hilarious and nothing but kind to me, and I had the best time. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, yeah, it was a good time. Here we go. Here's my chat with Courtney of Spirit Box.
Hello, Courtney. What's up? Hi. We've already been talking. Hi, thank you. I, I always have these like fake re-intros and then I just can't really stick to it <laughs> because it's, you know, feels weird. Um, but hi, nice to formally meet you through the yeah. phone waves or the matrix. Yeah, yeah, thank you for having me on here. Well, of course. Yeah, you're the most popular kid in school right now. So super exciting. Know. Um, <laughs> you know, it's got to be like we were just kind of talking about because um, as we'll get into it, you have a slight backstory or history with my band. Um, yeah. But it just got to be so crazy when Spirit Box has existed for a while since like 2017, if I'm correct. Um, mm-hmm. But now you're just taking over everything and it's kind of cool that the that what led the charge was your um one through video yeah that you did that must have been kind of freaky yeah it's you know it's one of those things where I always like I always have a chip on my shoulder being a woman there's all people are always like invalidating what I do and and really like you know, really squinting hard at at things that I do. And I mean, they do that with every vocalist, but just like rest assured that I'm correct when I say it's just like extra, extra sensitive towards uh, anyone that's like a a minority within metal. Like people just kind of like, you know, narrow their eyes at it. And so, you know, I normally, I wish I didn't feel like I had to do one take vocal stuff because generally if you do, like if you watch someone doing a playthrough, like they're, they're either miming or it's like their best takes. You like mm-hmm. cuts together. Oh, it's yeah. not one, <laughs> you know, it's not one continuous thing. Um, even if it is all like live, it's, it's, you know, it's just like you, you did, you did it five times and you, you take the best takes of, of each you comp it. But like, so, you know, I was like, you know what, let's just have it be one single shot. And they, and, and I actually just did another one for Holy Roller. And this one, I have the, the sound wave recording in the background because people, even on the one I did uh, say that it looks fake and stuff. Jesus I'm always like, Christ. And I'm like, if I, if this was mine, what, why would I leave in all these bum notes that are bad? <laughs> and you know, I just don't, I guess people love to be critical. Today's a good day to talk about people being critical. Cause fit for a King just put out a new song that has almost no screams in it. So everyone's like, <gasps> you're trying to get to a vice and ask Alexandria. And we're like, I haven't well, one. heard it yet. I haven't heard it yet. Oh my God. Oh, it's got a, a music video on, it's called locked in my head. And there's a video out on revolver magazine magazine and then by the time everyone hears this it'll be out on youtube um oh that's so sick yeah, okay that's why i haven't seen it yet it hasn't popped up okay. I, love I love it. it it's one of my favorite songs on the record it's we loved writing it it was really fun it came to us very naturally so i love seeing the comments of like yeah the label's probably fucking up their butts trying to make them go and do these songs <laughs> like rock and i'm like no i was like sitting on a couch and like i was playing guitar and like there was no one there and so I felt I comfortable and then I like wrote this chorus and then Kirby like changed the lyrics and then we wrote a song cause we're a band and then that's us what you do. Um, so <laughs> I always find that very interesting, but it's been fun nonetheless. And it's got fireworks and shit in the video. So it makes me happy, but. Oh, I'm so excited to see it. I'll, I'll watch it right when I'm, when I'm done. Cause everyone, I felt like the reception to the first single that you guys put out, people were freaking out about it like people are just craving heavy music or just and really like soulful like sad or angry music right now yeah it's been really fun and you know it's interesting because our record i guess overall this newest one is is pretty positive i wouldn't Mm -hmm. i think it's the most positive record we've ever written for sure and i'm kind of glad 
that at least at the time we were all really happy and we just had the best year of our lives and we, you know, wrote this record together. But I think by the time it comes out, people will maybe appreciate a sense of relief for a second where they're like, right, I don't have to be depressed like all the time. Like, this is cool. I want to just like, you know, go and blow shit up and play with fire and have fun. <laughs> um, so, And one thing I have to throw in real quick before we get too deep, because obviously you mentioned that you're a lady. and I'm at, a lady. I'm it, a woman in music, trademark uh, symbol. Oh my gosh. But I, you know, my show is called Get Tucked. And at the beginning mm-hmm. of the show, I always ask my stupid friends, even though none of them are stupid. I just said that. I'm sorry, guys. I love you. I always say, are you ready to get tucked? But it feels really weird when I do it with a girl. I had my my friend Michelle on like a couple yeah. of weeks ago. And I was just like, yeah, this is kind of inappropriate. Like Danielle's in the other room and like we're sitting on my couch. I don't really want to ask you this question. Um, but for everyone listening, I'm just being conscious and I thought about it. So stop being a fucking asshole. Um, yeah. So there we go. <laughs> Because I get people remind me every week when I forget, because sometimes I'm just excited and I forget too. So I just wanted to well, put that in there. I, now you know what it's like being a girl, being like one of the only girls on tour and like trying to, you know, like connect with other, your peers and your bandmates and all the new people and like get, get, uh, get to know them because you know, whether you guys understand or not, like most men, they relate to each other by saying like very strange, like sexual humor to one another. So like, Mm -hmm. I can never do those things. You know what I mean? Like think about how you talk to your friends. Like you guys will just be like, just, you know, razzing on each other. And like, just if you're excited about something, you'll be like, Oh dude, I'm going to suck your dick. You know, yeah, my sense like, of humor is terrible. Hence having a show called get tucked. So it's yeah. like, yeah, I say the worst shit at all times, like in the most, so I can never places. do that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I can't ever do that. I can never do that on tour. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like to, to like relate, to be relatable to my new friends. I can't be like, dude, you did so good tonight. Okay. So for Christmas, out. yeah, for Christmas, <laughs> I'm going to send you like eight, you can dick joke cards and then you just have to hand them out and be like, I was given this by tuck. I'm allowed to make this joke right now. Fuck you. Yeah. And then they have then to wait the a little while. Yeah. It's like a waiver. It's a tour three. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, oh yeah. gosh. Yeah. I guess things can come as uh come and go as quickly as the internet these days. So, you know, you yeah. can be on one hot tour and then everyone finds out you're a piece of shit and then you're not on tour anymore. Um, Dude, it's I, so sick. You've it's toured so sick for a minute to- though. Yeah, people, yeah, you've been out. So if people wanted to get you, they could have got you. Oh yeah, but. my mod, my, my motto I live my life by is very simple. It's just don't fuck kids. Don't fuck kids. Yeah, luckily, you know, I've never fucked a kid, and I'm not Catholic or a priest, so I don't think I'm gonna <laughs> fuck a kid in the it's future. It's so simple, but so many of our peers just keep messing it up. Yeah, just my vice principal from from middle school uh there was an article yesterday that her son fucks kids i guess um but yeah and there's just so many of them out there you you never know um and it's interesting because everyone was like talking shit on her but she you know i you know they were pretty nice to me but also like i you know i wasn't too bad of a kid and i also lied this one time and i said that like i so i tried to dive across this table because there was like everyone would meet in the gym in the morning before going to class 
And there's so many kids and only so many doors. And I was like, fuck this. I'm trying to get out fast. <laughs> so I like try to slide across this table and my backpack flies forward and hits me in the head. And I just drag my tooth across this table and break my tooth in half. Oh, that made me phys- that made me like cringe physically it, just thinking yeah, about that. You, there was just tooth dust and like a literally a grind mark. It was terrible. But um, so I said someone pushed me. Nobody pushed me. I just didn't want to like get in trouble. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> this is your scandal. Yeah. So the school paid for it. I told my mom a couple of years ago that I lied because um, I've been on this whole like, hi, my name is Earl thing. I'm trying to yeah. like, fucking. You're writing all your shit. wrong. So now everyone on the air knows uh, what an asshole I was. Um, but luckily, I didn't like rat on anybody. I wasn't like, yeah, fucking. Joe Johnson did it or whatever. I was just like, yeah, somebody pushed me. I don't know what happened. Um, but it was yeah. like, no, I just wasn't slick because I'm not. And that's just, that's my life. Um, that happened to Michael. Michael one time when he was a teenager, my husband, that he's a guitar player in our band, he, um, when he was a teenager, I mean, he's like 16, one of, one of the other kids, they, and they saw who did it. They went and they stuck a firework in the pants of one of the other kids and it blew his butt on, on fire. Right. Like no the, the firework. Yeah. And they had, and he ran around with his butt on fire and then they had like a big ice block cause they had drinks and a cooler. And so he stuck his butt on the ice block and you, you know, you could hear the ice going and the kids all the, not Michael personally, but he saw the kids all not tell on and not rat out the kid who did it. And they all collectively like did not the other, the kid who got his butt blown up. He also knew who did it. And they all just like didn't want the kid to get in trouble, and they all like they're like, they like I I didn't see nothing like they they all were like some some random kids came and, and were being it must have been them you know like they yeah, exactly. they exactly it's always like, the, the, no the mystery person so with that Takashi six nine if you hear this use a bitch yeah but, um you know but though if I was <laughs> so gonna like gonna go, go to prison to though if I yeah, yeah if I was gonna go to prison though I don't know he's little he might you know he's probably scared. Um, I don't know, man. He, it, I don't know. I but he's like a that, gang that guy, guy has, you know. That guy has the most, <laughs> the most extreme confidence. It's wild. that I have ever yeah. seen on someone. Rainbows said, like, and sixty nines everywhere. That guy. That guy. Which like, I do love the hair, but yeah, I mean, it, he usually his hair usually is is very well done. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's it's just so it's so insane. Like he's so arrogant, you know. It's like it's crazy back before all the jail stuff, like when he'd go on um, and do different interviews. Like I it's just like the the confidence that only like a young man in his 20s can have the confidence of someone that could fuck a kid and still be a superstar. (laughs) Yeah. And be like, yeah, I did it. And I'll do it again, too. I fucked a kid. I went to jail. I don't give a fuck. I'm rich, bitch. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But here, Nicki Minaj, be on my song. Well, and she's like, oh, that sounds fine. Because my brother also loves to fuck children. <laughs> I um, know. What's with everyone fucking kids? Damn. I don't know. I don't know. And Luckily, why do we call them is... underage girls? We always call them like instead of calling them kids, we always call them. You ever notice that? We're like, oh, he's messing around with underage girls. But you're like, yeah, so children, children. Yeah, yeah you mean kids, <laughs> little kids. Um, yeah, I don't get it. You know, I mean, you hear stories about stuff, uh, you know, within, um, gang culture and whatnot, but I only see that on Netflix. It's not something that I've lived. So not going to say, I really know what goes on within the bloods or the crypts. And, uh, I also don't want to, because I don't want them to kill me. No, I'm too but scared. I do. They wouldn't accept Brooklyn, me. So maybe, you know, they'll come, they'll get me. Um, 
but no, I don't want to. I do want to. I hopefully one day I'll be driving by and they'll be making a music video, though. That'll be interesting. Um, oh, as long as it's not him, like someone else, that's cool and not a kitty diddler. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you ever see Do you ever see people driving around, see like uh, movies being made and like uh, music videos and stuff when you're dressed, driving around? You know, interesting. Not too much here in the city, but it happened all the time upstate where I grew up. Uh, like, so I've lived in a few areas um, up north of the city, but there generally it's this place called the Hudson Valley, and there's a you know mm-hmm. a few cities within it, and a lot of people do filming. Like what's that? Uh, what's that movie with the bridge and the guy with the quiet quiet place? Quiet place. I was like filmed, mm-hmm. um, and his John's trailer was literally at the end of my block. Um, what's the the guy that was in the office and shit? Um, Steve John Carell? Krasinski, John Krasinski. Oh, John Krasinski. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, his trailer. You know, and so and the uh, restaurant. Oh, a quiet at. place. Yeah, yeah, a quiet. Yeah, sorry, place. I forgot. I was thinking. I, I was like, there's another movie with Vigo Mortensen or whatever called like A Quiet Man or something. No, I'm, yeah, oh. Quiet Place, the one with the with the with the monsters and the deaf kid. And yeah, they and they're all silent. That movie was scary. Yeah, that bridge is like in the area, and you know they filmed you know majority of that there, and even just the the town i used to work in is very popular for restaurants and uh you know all the weekenders and like mm-hmm. paul rudd and jeffrey dean morgan own a candy shop together because it was like the guy had owned it forever and he died and it was going to get turned into something so they just bought it to keep it a candy shop that's the most wholesome thing i've ever heard yep yeah they're super so nice cute. i've served them dinner like a bunch of times and they're really normal ish at least at restaurants which is cool because they're definitely always the richest people there yeah so yeah (laughs) i was trying to i was trying to peg what your accent what i'm usually pretty good at like figuring out at least like the state but not like regionally within the state of where they live but i'm getting pretty good at like the boroughs of new york different accents you know the the really heavy new yorkness only comes out if i drink a lot or if i'm really mad um but for the most part, I feel, you know, I was a theater. Are your parents not from there? No, we're from Is upstate. So, well, it's the same thing with them. Like, if my if my dad drinks a lot of whiskey, like, you're going to hear it for sure. But if we're just calm and having conversation, it's not like that, that New York. Yeah. We're you, always, sound like, you sound like a Connecticut. You sound like you're from Connecticut, kind of. Oh, interesting. Yeah, maybe. You know. Maybe I was born and raised in Connecticut and I didn't. Know. I love accents. I love, I love <laughs> regional accents and and so i always like when i when someone's talking um sometimes it's like i i'm not even listening to what they're saying i'm just my head i'm going all right it sounds kind of like kentucky but like someone who grew up in kentucky but maybe they lived in yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) so you were act you were you did acting yeah i was a theater kid so i guess i feel like my voice kind of I have obviously I my voice has a, a sound to it but then when I'm talking to certain people I think it goes one way or another but mm-hmm. um yeah I think the the whole New England New York thing kind of blends together like you kind of I don't know some people that I meet they think I'm from Massachusetts yeah. um and most I of my family's sure. from most of my family's from western mass and uh oh. I have a lot of I got family all over the country so I hear all their different accents yeah, and I live, I live in Canada, but I'm American, actually. I was going to say, you don't sound yeah. very Canadian. Is, you, is your husband from years. Canada? Yeah, he's he's born and raised in the city where we where we live currently. It's called Victoria, uh, and it's on Vancouver Island. It's it's really close to Vancouver, and it's it's you know it's on the west coast. Like we can see 
we can see the mountains of Washington, like from our house. Um, and it's, it's yeah, an island off of Canada. People think I'm joking when I say I live on an island, but like you can only get here by a giant ferry boat or a plane. You so it's drive been here. pretty cool for the whole COVID thing. Like you're, you're on lockdown anyway. So you're like, oh, Man, you know, y'all we're fine. So, we're so fortunate. It's, I feel so, I feel both like very proud of where I live and then guilty because it's like, we, we have moved on. Like our economy is, is open for the last two months. It's been like fully open. Yeah. We, we don't have to wear masks. Um, but we haven't worn, we've never had to wear masks because when, when the government just told us to stay in our houses and not go out, we all just stopped doing that. And then the government gave us not, well, not us personally, because we were making money from their band, but like people that had jobs that they now no longer could work anymore and no money was coming in. Our government gave everyone like two grand a month and that's awesome. No questions asked, just like direct deposit. And yeah, so everyone, everyone moved on and, I mean, we, we haven't had an active case on the island, I don't think, in like a month. And I think in total, we've had, on the entire island, I think total we've had like 150 That's this whole wild. time. Um, and I think we've had four people die on our island. But we have a, this province isn't huge. Um, like, it's very spread out. So there's, it's not like we have tons of huge population centers. But st- I mean, we still have 5 million people in our province. And we have a million on the island almost. So I'm very a lot of people. pleased. Yeah. So I'm pleased with with how well everyone's done here. And then so it's just so well, strange. Well, who look at you and how great <laughs> your country is. <laughs> but hey, we're all looking we're all looking at your city now at how great they've done to it got after better. being the after being the epicenter to now being like the, the being the worst to now just being the one to turn it around the best, like to actually listen to what their people are telling them to do. And that's what people didn't understand is they thought everyone was like going crazy in New York and less not listening to anybody. No, everyone's yeah. wearing their mask. Everyone is still wearing their mask. Ever, you know, no, if you, yeah. if you are the one person in the grocery store without it, like they're not going to let you pay. Like no one, yeah. you know, it is New York still. So they say, get the fuck out of here. Excuse me, you stupid bitch. Get the fuck out of my store. Um, Get the fuck out of my bodega. (laughs) That was so good. Yes, we, you know. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Yeah, I love my bodega. It's great. I have a good, they they give you a breakfast sandwich for $3.50. Yeah, bacon, egg, and Yeah, bacon, bacon, egg, egg, and cheese. cheese. Salt, pepper, ketchup on a hard roll. Yum, yum. Nice iced coffee. I love New York City, but I'm only ever... Like I, I only ever there for when we play shows and stuff there, like in my old band. So, you know, I never really, I'm only ever in like the touristy section or by like the Gramercy theater. You yep. know what I mean? Like I went there last, a couple of years ago uh, for my little sister's birthday. We, for, we, um, I flew in, saw my family in the States and I actually, for the, I first, for the first time got to do like the tourist, you know, be like in, in up, like in Manhattan, like do the full on touristy thing and like go see the Statue of Liberty and shit. And it was fun. I, I like it. Awesome. I've never, I've been to, I've played there so many times, but you know how it is when you, you know, the drive always get in late and, oh, and yeah. then we, we always take the wrong tunnel. <laughs> so we that is tunnel. always the worst. <laughs> and see, our thing is we've, we've learned. So we come into New York city, not saying you haven't learned. Jesus Christ. That's yeah. so mean of me to say, we just, <laughs> we come into New York city at like, 
we'll drive all night if we have to. We get in there in the middle of the night, so you don't yeah. have you always get parking because if you come in at any time in the morning, it's just fucking awful. That's um, how you can tell that you guys are young and full of life. Because my band, we were all old and shot and tired, so we were like, "I'm not fucking driving through the night. <laughs> I'm tired." One of, the, I'm, <laughs> one of the first things we like were interested in acquiring when the band started doing better was a driver. Even if we're in our Sprinter, we don't want to drive that shit. Oh hell no! Absolutely not. It, so no, and then um, you know we but we always leave the city early, um, like right after the show, you know, and deep in the night, oh, yeah. but. Get out, but then there's always construction at night. Like there's always traffic at night whenever we'd leave. Like to and we'd we'd go to we'd we'd usually come from Pennsylvania and then go to like Connecticut or Massachusetts after. Like we'd go like Pennsylvania, yeah. New York, like See, in that way. That's yeah. That's usually about the route we take too. And nine times out of ten, if it's us like headlining, my agent always gives us a day off after so we can go to my parents' house upstate. Cause they like Aww. live on a lake and it's really nice. So we all oh, go up that's there. So and, good. Yeah. We've gotten to do like two Thanksgivings and stuff and it's been really great. Like we always get to stop up there. So he's super thoughtful. Who are you guys booked by? Is well, we that? just got our, our booking agent oh, in it? America. Okay. His name is Nick storage. Oh shit. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Flexing on everybody. Yeah. That's yeah, big he's news. A, he's, he's great. And so he, I think he's on the same, he's on the same page as us. You know, like he, he, he picked us up while we were on our first tour in, in Europe during COVID extravaganza. So we were like, man, well, that was, that would have been really nice. But now this guy has, his whole life has been destroyed. So he's not going to have time to like, he's not going to follow up and actually book us. But, um, cause think of how stressful it is for all of us. Like imagine all the booking agents with this, how they all are, like all their incomes. Oh just, yeah. I've yeah, talked so, to my agent more ooh. now than I ever have. And like, we're friends, yeah. but now it's like, you're, you know, everyone's trying to keep track of each other and yeah. what's going on. And they're, they're working so hard to figure out a way to do more, um, streaming concerts, yeah, yeah. concerts for everybody. But so that's, I like this Nick guy because he. I feel like he's on I feel like he's on the same page as us. He understands like we aren't 20 years old. We are we are in the twilight years of a metalcore band. You know what I mean like of our age group. We're all we're all turn either turning 30 or we're in our mid 30s and we don't have time to like go grind it out on these really like small tours that are just going to beat us down and uh, we spend all our money on it. Like he I think he understands that we 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 kind of essentially wanted to, to like skip the line. We want we want to skip the line pass, you know, well, and I and be able to think, be yeah. choosy. He definitely will do that. And also your manager is really good at that too. We're a great example of a band who has not really had to grind so hard in the US mm-hmm. is Crystal Lake, but given they're also one of the greatest gifts to metalcore. Yeah. And, and they've also been a band for like 18 years. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. They've been around too. forever. We went and played their 15 year anniversary in Japan and, um, no way. Yeah. It was, it happened through the dumbest thing. There was a girl at, at metal at warp tour who, you know, comes from Japan. And yeah. I was like, you need to tell Rio that like, I want to, go play Japan. Then I'm pissed. He invited Gideon and I don't know him. I was just like <laughs> making a joke. And yeah. then he DM'd me like three days later. Invited He's us. so cool. He's the nicest There's, person ever. They're so, they're so talented. It's like, 
it it honestly it almost like offends me how good they are playing live i don't yeah. like seeing a bunch of i don't like seeing a bunch of good looking very in shape people also performing well and making good music it bothers me i'm like you should you have to pick one oh so you hate watching fit for a king (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna i was gonna bring something up to you of why you're one of my favorite bands in the history of every single show i've ever seen you guys are in my top 10 most memorable things that i i continue to go back to to this day and you're gonna hate you're gonna hate why because I wasn't I there. You know. No, you were there. You <laughs> were the star. I don't know. I climbed something or stole someone's alcohol or something. Stupid. No, it's. it's oh, I th- you were there when I threw the thing. <laughs> I wasn't there. I watched it online, and it, and oh, it was, and it it's one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen because it's like warp tour, so it's like broad daylight. So normally that would happen, and there'd be like strobes flashing, and like it would be dark. So like. You wouldn't know, you know what I mean? Like it wouldn't oh, be yeah. as bold, but then Warp Tour is like that dry, dusty air. And it's like, it's like the most, it's the craziest part of the whole set. It's the part right before Ryan does the big, long yell and, you know, like, yeah, oh, yeah. the yell like for, that's like three minutes long. Yep. And then it's just so good because you just so professionally just go get it. You really, you really <laughs> just grab it and you just keep going. And it's, and Bobby's just like crying yeah. <laughs> it's just it it just deli- it delighted us so much that you kept going because oh, that's just it. like the most perfect most important thing is no matter what like the show, oh, the must, show go must go on, go on. Going. yes yes yes, Your ba- yes it still works the base still works great let's keep going one million you know? times so, over i agree yeah so that's like i that that's an icon and also like the performance was cool anyway but oh, the, but we've watched we've watched you guys we you know we're we nerd out over all the cool. I remember there's Warp Tour stuff back in the day. You know that would make us so jealous. Watch we'd love watching all of your guys's um, Warp Tour videos and stuff because we were like we, we want to be there. <laughs> it was the best time. Yeah, yeah, it's so fun. I'm glad that you guys got to. Did you guys play it a couple times before it became not the full blown operation? Well, we did um, 2014. Yeah. Er- yeah, did we did 2014, we did half of it mm-hmm. on the Ernie Ball stage. And then 2015, they invited us back to do Monster Stage. And then That's 2017, awesome. we did Monster Stage. But it was a lot of growth where, you know, at the end, when we did the 2017 one, despite it being numbers-wise, like the worst year for Warp Tour ever, mm-hmm. um, for us, it was really great. It was a hard year. We actually, our van broke. We stayed in the van because we did all two and a half warp tours in a 15-passenger van. I cannot believe that they even allowed you to do that. We had a driver for two of them, for the two full ones. But um, yeah, it's just one of those things where we wanted to make money and we just knew we could do it. And it was yeah. terrible. And I definitely cracked a few times, but... You know, it was really healthy at the same time because I walked like eight to ten miles a day. I was tan. I was working out all the time. So personally, I felt great. You had good food. Warp Tour was the shit. But, um, you know, I hope that that it comes back and I I hope that he's able to figure something out. But one thing that I would like to talk about with you that is a, a very Kevin Lyman conversation and. So I've talked to you briefly about my my business featuredx.com that just mm-hmm. dropped with like guest features and shit like that which yeah, obviously yeah. you've done some which are fucking rocking but after we made our first drop 
it was out of 63 people, we had two females. And I only saw mm-hmm. one negative comment, but it did. It was something that I knew was coming and bothered me. And we definitely have more on the drop that happened today. But it's just crazy. I guess I don't really have a question. I just have a comment where it's, I mm-hmm. feel for him after now trying to put together a roster of stuff where it's just so hard to find females in metal and metalcore and pop punk and stuff like there's not that many right now and it's Mm -hmm. really difficult and you know i try to keep my eyes out whether it's like young band like glacier veins or Mm -hmm. spirit box or red-handed denial or whatever and try to stay there but it's it's tough and um no it's not it's not you it's it's the metal in general just has a diversity problem like we our whole this the whole metal is such a broad genre but literally encompassing really metal and also into the rock world as well metal and rock like the rest of the rest of the music industry has moved on and are very diverse and then metal and rock we have just it's like we are in a a limbo where we just have i just feel like we haven't evolved in like a decade yeah everyone else has everyone else has more representation from from all genders and shapes and sizes and and backgrounds and and all ethnicities and everything and then every we just stay the same like and i think that's why even though metal music is being consumed more than ever like it's the fastest growing right now for for a genre um as a whole like rock and metal i mean name a name a band that you actually consider to be like a huge band that didn't start like in rock. It didn't start like 20 years ago, at least like where, you know what I mean? Like we're just not evolving. Like it's, there's bands that are huge, but they all have been bands for 15 plus years. I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like, it's getting better though. There's, there's only like, so many Maria Brinks or Haley's or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there's just yeah, not, yeah. and there's not a lot coming forward. And I, you know, I guess with that, there's a lot more music coming out these days. And yeah. I think there's less great music. Not maybe not mm-hmm. less. It's harder to find the great music with so much coming out. So I think that it's those people are out there. It is overwhelming. And those people are out there. It's just, you know, I think there isn't a great support system. I think it's that, gatekeeping, man. It's it's yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a product of gatekeeping. Do you know how like with our band we just were like all right we had we had um a bigger like a big foundation from i wrestled a bear once leaving that and like we will be able to you know michael and i when we when we left that band i worked at a coffee shop and he was delivering pizza so we and it was just the two of us so we didn't exactly have a lot of money right we didn't have any you know we being in a band like that to make that work i mean we sold like all our belongings. We lived in Michael's parents' basement and we, we didn't have anything. So like, you know, we went, we started shopping around our stuff, both little collections of music that Spearbox has made, you know, to, to record labels. And, you know, you should hear some of the feedback that they willingly gave my manager, like willingly, as in they didn't find anything offensive about it. I had, I literally, there are, there are record labels that have, talk back you know now these days have have said to my manager like hey you want to have that conversation again 
that, you know, two years ago, they literally in writing said back, Hey, we just, we've already had a girl band that we signed and it didn't do very well. So we're not looking for another girl. Yeah. Cause it's a genre, right? Female fronted yeah. is a genre. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, dude, you're, and you also signed a hundred shitty guy bands that didn't do well either, but you're not, not signing exactly bands it's, with men in them. It's so really, that kind of shit is it's, it's, that's where it starts because like, then you never hear of those people because some of those people didn't then, you know, get more notoriety on their own. They just never got enough money to like buy a van and buy a trailer and, and, you know, fund a, a full length album and vinyl and stuff. So it, yeah. it's, I, man, it's crazy. There's, there's people that have been like, Oh, they're married. Well then who's going to be at home? You Jesus know, Christ. Yeah. yeah, it's so fucked. And it, 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 I can't imagine being in that position. And I, I don't necessarily say that I would want to be. And it's just a weird thing to observe because I guess I, you know, like everything that's kind of happening in the world right now, sometimes you're living with blinders on, right? And mm-hmm. for me, I think that, you know, I had definitely had some blurry vision because one, I've always really liked like I listen to a lot of artists that are female because I Mm -hmm. take a lot of inspiration from it. If anyone listens to my other band, Off-Road Minivan, like I think you would understand if you watch the way I like to move in my other band, I think you'd understand that I definitely tie into a lot of that feeling. And it's just I identify very well with feminine emotion when I'm trying to be a singer and that's how I deliver Mm -hmm. a lot of my vocals. So it's just a weird vulnerable. Yeah. Like, and it it just feels, I don't know. It's a hard thing to explain. I don't think, and you know, obviously no one can really, I don't know. It's just in my head. It's a weird thing. It's hard. It's because I, I feel like it's because, um, you know, as men, you guys are conditioned to not be vulnerable and to be strong and never be show weakness. And then we are allowed to like express more in our, in society, we are more uh, women are more allowed to be more vulnerable and be quote unquote weaker. And so it, I think that's why a lot of guys really identify with, with music sung by women because it's inspiring because they also feel those same feelings, but they're not allowed to like express it. You know, society's told them they're wrong for expressing that and for, for being weak or being vulnerable. Yeah. 100%. So I think that's why. Yeah, that's why. I will say my my parents, you know, be that I was a theater kid and I started wearing my sister's pants when I was in eighth grade and stuff yeah. like that. Like, <laughs> they were pretty nice. Um, <laughs> my parents never, like, made yeah. me feel weird um, about any of my, like, experimentation or me, like, finding who I am. So I'm really lucky in that regard. But, yeah, it's just... It's weird the way that ladies do get treated in music because they're it's always treated as a novelty versus just talent versus talent, which is one thing, at least with the featured thing, we've got artists that are signed, artists that aren't signed. My whole thing is, do you suck or do you not suck? Like, if yeah. you suck, like, I don't want to, I don't think anyone's going to want you to be on a song because you suck. But if you're really yeah. good and your band's not huge, I don't really give a shit because what if you go and make a song really sick and then your band does get big? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it, you're right. And it, like, it, it starts from there. Um, it, it starts from there. Like for instance, not you guys, but I don't think you guys would do this, but let's say, let's say you're a band, you're, you're fit for a King and you're do you're planning your fall headliner. And let's say you're like, all right, we're going to get, we're going to bring, um, spirit box direct support. 
fall headliner. Then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 2028. Yeah. And um and then you have your other bands, okay? And you choose you choose a band um there's let's say there's this band with a female guitar player you just, you happen to really like and they're Let's say free, year so of the knife. Them. They have a female bass player. Yeah. So you know what I mean? So you you get them and you're like, "Yeah, great." And now you have one more slot. And it's two bands you like equally, like they're both they're both cool. One is all men, one has a female vocalist. You are going to be pressured to pick the one with the guy because otherwise it's an all now all of a sudden, oh, it's an all female vocalist tour. We don't that's like yep. a weird novelty theme. So you won't even if you like that band a little better, I don't mean you guys would act you would just do it. No, it's a good example. Want. Yeah. But yeah. your crew, your team would go, Well, I don't know, like we already have bands on the tour with women. So if I if I am going to be pushed forth for a tour, if there's already people that are women in the bands on tour, like for support bands, my chances then go down of getting a spot just because I'm a woman, yeah. even if our music's different. So it's 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 weird. You, you know, you think about those things. Well, you have less chances. You can't have that many girls on tour. Tour is going to be too emotional. You understand? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to be freaking out all the goddamn time, and I'm just going to be able to handle that. You know, you need a we bunch need of... We need logic and reason. Well, you got to have 20 <laughs> men for every one lady that's around to be able to balance the estrogen and testosterone. And um, that's why all our tours are so professional. <laughs> <laughs> and we never all are crazy and freaking out and screaming at one oh, another I'm the, all the time. I'm such a bitch i'm emotional <laughs> all the time but you know it's funny i always touring it makes it. you more emotional it's so hard on you mentally and physically you know yeah i definitely i used to freak out a lot more i handled bobby leaving not very well because he was like my best friend and is Aww. my best friend but um, we love bobby he connected with michael so much on on the tour the attila tour we did with with them back in the day like him and Michael really, really connected and yeah. their love of guitar. Oh, he's one of the most genuine, sincere, amazing people you could ever meet in your life. And he talks like this all the yeah. time. Um, but, yeah. you know, he I've had my moments. Morse. But I just used to always yell at Jared, and he's really big, so he'd just beat the piss out of me if he really wanted to. But, <laughs> you know, especially now post-COVID, gosh, I haven't been done anything in like four months, and he's in Texas, so he's been lifting, and he looks huge. And I'm like, bro. <laughs> Um, that's what happens when you're off tour and you can you can eat whenever you want and work out and sleep whenever you want we're like plants that haven't been in the sun and now we're getting sun and well in order to hang out with jared in texas you have to be at least six three you have to be huge you have to be really handsome like his whole group of friends are hot huge jacked like just beefcakes um yeah there was this one time there was one time when all of the girlfriends all came out to the show and it was all of the plot news girlfriends and all of the fit for the for a king girlfriends and we were all just like what the fuck is this a victoria's secret convention like everyone's <laughs> hot why is everyone so hot get out of yeah. here <laughs> we're yeah. all stinky and sweaty don't look at us you beautiful creatures i know like right everyone. especially when you're in texas <laughs> and they really doll it up and everyone comes out looking to the tens it's like jesus yeah my fiance came with i me live in a van for, yeah right we went there for like a release party for the last album or the album before and when we were just mm-hmm. you know walking around on a saturday or sunday morning and she was just like oh they all they do the thing with the hats and the sundresses and the pumps and the it's so like oh. it's really funny i love it they all look nice. Yeah, I love the te- I love the Texas glamour. 
Yeah. I love like the heat. Dolly like, Parton the shit. Houston ladies. Oh yeah. And like the big, big, basically like almost like drag queen adjacent. I mm-hmm. love that shit. Well, I so love I. it. Um, so over the top. <laughs> I love it. I know. I love it. It's great. I love Texas. Texas is an awesome place. Um, you know, it's interesting. They've definitely handled things a bit differently than New York mm-hmm. has, but you know, I am, like I've said a million times before, I'm really dumb and I didn't do well in school and I, I definitely failed one of my regences and my grandma had <laughs> to drive me to go and retake it. So I, it was either earth science or bio. I failed both of them, but I had to retake one so I could graduate high school. So <laughs> I'm not really going to say that I'm like a genius when it comes to science or whatever. Um, so I don't know what's going on anymore. That's why I just have a show called Get Tucked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's 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 really interesting when you grow up in America and then you leave and you realize how like in individualistic America is. It's time for the Marsh. If you're looking for a hero, he's not fucking here. This mid-roll mosh is gonna be filthy. Dirt is filthy. Do you all know that Bob from Fit for a King plays with dirt all the time? Why might you ask? Because he owns a plant shop. I love having plants in my windows and keeping the house looking lively. You can go to growplantshop.com and order one for yourself. They ship extremely well. I know this because I've purchased some. Go buy yourself your mom, your grandma, your girl, your best bud, anybody, even your dog. Go buy them a fucking plant right now. Do it. All right. I want to give a shout out to some really great podcasts that I listen to regularly that I think that the rest of you would like to listen to because I only put out one episode a week and I know that I'm always looking for more things to listen to that aren't Dr. Drew After Dark or Your Mom's House podcast or Two Bears One Cave because really those are what I listen to the most. But I want to give a shout out to some music podcasts that I listen to very often. Here we go. Lead Singer Syndrome with Shane Told, 100 Words or Less with Ray Harkins, That's Awesome Podcast with Joe from Ice Nine Kills, Metalcore Nerds with Sean Mott, and Protopod with TDWP, and my current favorite is Carry the Fire with Dustin Kensrue from Thrice. You should check that out. Go give them all some love. This week's choice for the Man It's a song and that song is called hell by filth they dropped a new video for the song about a week ago and it's easily become one of my favorites it kind of caught me off guard and i'm super fucking stoked on it it's extremely heavy the lyrics are really great and not overdone you can visualize what he's saying and the vocals have such clarity that it's not hard to understand what he's saying i don't have to look up the lyrics um which is really great because as I've said time and time again on this show, I think diction is extremely important even when you're trying to sound like a demon because I don't really want to struggle to figure out what you're saying. Um, so bravo to Dustin on that one. Their deathcore band, it kind of reminds me of the Acacia Strain, I would say. It's like a pretty adjacent band to them. They're from North Carolina. I hope I get to tour with this band at some point. Their rock video is great. Go watch it on YouTube. I'm glad to see that the views are going up and that it's doing well. But here we go. 
Hell by Filth. of all it's funny that we all we all like call it america when you leave you know you know like when you first left the states and or had people from other countries come in and they like laugh at you for calling it america they're like we call it the states it's not america it ain't america <laughs> yeah, even though that like, is like the saying if you like you cross like, that mason dixon that's america now but yeah and i'm like you you know what i mean it's america oh absolutely but they, you know we're we're like we're taught we're so individualistic and we're really like it's really programmed into us that our country is the greatest country in the history of the world. Well, because and it is. You're saying it, it ain't. It is. Yeah. And so then you, I go, I, when I moved to Canada, I was like 15 and I, then I went through high school in Canada and it was like it was so eye-opening for me to be like, hmm, the, I think I'm learning with all the other kids I go to school with from all different countries and stuff. I'm learning that the rest of the countries do not preach from K through 12 to their students of how their country is the greatest country in the world. That's not important to them. And they don't teach that. They just like teach history. There's not so much like paid, you know, we're not, we're not singing. I'm proud to be an American at the school dances, you know? Well, you want to know who does do that? (laughs) China. Um, so (laughs) China, them and their TikToks. You know, they're they've been saying they're the greatest country ever since. Well, you know, and I get you, though. I, you know, obviously I don't know because I've never gone to school anywhere else and I hardly went to school It was eye-opening anywhere. for me. I was like, we're so individualistic in America, yeah. like, compared to, 
to the other places and the other, you know, the, all the kids that went to my school from like Japan and, and Germany and Korea and stuff like they're all like, no, it's that's not how we're taught. You know, we're just taught our country's fine. Yep. You know, so it, like and it I, and so I thought it was because my country was so much better. I was like, oh, well, yeah, you guys are like the Diet Coke, right? We're, we're Coke and you're Diet Coke. And and I well, like which I drink actually. We I do that with it. sports now, too, though, where it's like even if you play on a team, you get a trophy and shit. There's like, mm-hmm. no, you know, it's just everybody's great. You're all awesome. No, you're a bunch of fucking losers. You need to work harder. But you know what? You know what I have to say? To, you know what I have to say to the participation trophy thing? First of all, it, we're, our parents are the ones that did that. It's not our, it's not our fault. That's true. And second, and sec, they're the weirdos for doing that. And second, every kid doesn't, no kid likes the participation trophy. We all know a kid. I did. When you it were was kid, the only one I got. I know, but you knew you weren't proud of it, right? Like you were kind of, you didn't, you didn't put it on your fucking mantle. You knew it, you didn't win. Like we, I feel like people really are always talking about the participation trophies. And I'm like, all the kids thought the, we all also thought it was lame. Like only our parents, our parents made us take the, the fucking participation Yeah, I'm just trophy. saying it's part of the whole like uh, <laughs> teaching everyone that they're the greatest thing ever thing. Yeah. Even whether and then you they, acknowledge it or not. But no, dude, I got real trophies like sometimes, <laughs> not a lot of them. But like, I have I have a I have a music trophy from when Ooh. I was in third grade. I won I won a singing competition with my I went to uh, Wright's. It was like Wright's Elementary School, John R. Wright Elementary School. And our and our um, our group was called the Wright Stuff Singers. Oh. And we got we got a little that's so I have one trophy from when I was when I was um like eight years old. That's badass. Good for you. Yeah, it's, it's the highlight of my life. Do you still have it? I think I kept it because it was so funny, like to have a little, like a musical note trophy. I from bet you my mom's got my trophy child. somewhere. You got to <laughs> keep like that shit. Yeah. Ribbons I, and all sorts of cute little stuff. You got to keep the, the I awards. A, I just realized I had a basketball trophy that was kind of like a participation trophy. Like I just sat on the bench but my team won like the championship and shit. I never yeah. really played, but I like, I feel like when I was a kid, I like kept it out. And then when someone would comment on it, I would be like, yeah, I'm, I won this and earned it. Like I, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I think I would lie to them. Too. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I do that. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm very popular in the basketball world. Yeah. I'm, as a sixth, as a sixth grader, I'm very, um, yeah, very, you're gonna get very the WNBA. You're going to do it big. Yeah, I played yeah. one season <laughs> of like the town league basketball thing. I forget what it was called, and like um, Pee or something. Yeah, Pee-wee. you know, yeah, you know, just like the baseball thing, but basketball or whatever. And and I yeah. played a whole season. I got I got some time. I didn't score a single point. Um, so there you go. I don't think I did either. But I I yeah. don't think I scored. I was not and, very and it was good. so embarrassing. It was extra embarrassing for me because my dad is a NCAA, well, he's a lawyer now, but he, for my whole life until like five years ago, he was an NCAA basketball coach. No so, shit. Yeah. So he, he coached at Auburn university. He goes to Yale and, and Maine and then Auburn university. And then he moved and became a head coach at a little, like a little college town, but it's still a di- like a recently division one school, um, in Alabama. And, um, so I was, I always had a chip on my shoulder cause it's embarrassing when your dad's a basketball coach of the university and then you suck at basketball, yeah, you're but you supposed still to play. be gifted. 
But you're I like, know. I want a screamo instead. Fuck this. I don't like basketball. Stabs the basketball at deflates. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, I, I um I didn't know that I wanted to I didn't even know about this kind of music until I was an adult. Oh really? I'm like such yeah. I was I, gonna I, ask I mean, you I, that. How'd you become screamo? Yeah. Um I I was aware of it, but I never I was more of like a indie rock slash like I was born in the wrong generation. I wish I was around when Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix were around slash like, you know, just more into hip hop and pop and stuff. Um, I was the kid that like, you know, I really got off on being like, Oh yeah, you don't know this band. Um, yeah, well, yeah, they're, they're, you just wouldn't know them, but they're like, they're really good. Like I was, you know, yeah, no one's ever heard of them before, but I actually, the reason I knew about them was because only because I heard their song on like, the OC, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like that, you know, but I'd be like, mm, yeah. and so I, I didn't listen to any, what you'd consider like heavy music at all. I just knew, you know, it's something that was a big, like on MTV, like from you know, like Limp Bizkit to Slipknot to like Corn and, and like the new metal thing, because that was a phenomenon when we were young, that like that heavy music came yeah. to the forefront. But Everything else, I only just knew about it. You know, I, I was aware of it, and I didn't dislike it. I, but I did not. I did not feel like a part of that community, and I did not seek it out. And yeah, I didn't I never like went new angry either. music. I didn't like. Ang- I, I wasn't attracted to angry music. You know, I appreciated like a good system of a down song, but I never became like t- like obsessed with those bands until I was out of high school. And then I started my like metal journey um, because I was in a band with my little brother and he, you know, we went from our favorite band being like Rage Against the Machine to him starting to, to, to he went on his journey younger than me and he was starting to listen to like um, Despised Icon and Protest the Hero and Alexis on Fire, like all those, those are like yes. the Canadian, we call them Canadian metalcore royalty. Um, that's that's like our, our, our name for like any of our friends are like, Oh yeah, they're, uh, they're Canadian medical royalty. Don't, don't worry about it. Yeah. Dallas Green uh, is one of my biggest inspirations ever. I'm a huge Alexis on fire fan and Dallas Green. That's so, that's so cool because you know, like here they're, they, they sell out like stadiums and stuff when they play, like they're huge. So I love that band because I think it really builds so much character if you can make that switch from coming to your ta- your country and playing stadiums and then like playing to a hundred people in, in when you go down to California for a week, you know? So I, I think that that's, I, that's why I love that band because I feel like they're, they have no ego because they, yeah. they have such a varied career depending on what country they're in. See, I feel like even when they were in like the watch out period though, or maybe, you know, even past that, that they still were drawing pretty well in mm-hmm. the states but at the same but time here they were yeah. superstars they were the number one video on our equivalent of mtv and like like actually played they played like the olympics and stuff that's like, crazy they, like the vancouver olympics they played outside for they, they play like our equivalent of the mtv video music awards and stuff so yeah. I, that's how i first heard that music because i when i moved here you know, we have the Canadian content rule. So it's like 20, it's like 20% of all content has to be Canadian. And so That's because so of that, there's all these artists that you would never get played on, on like MTV and stuff get played because they have, they're legally required to. And so I seeing all these like crazy, like protest the hero music videos and 
and the crazy like dude i was like well, who is this i remember i first saw like on fires uh video and it was the one and they're in like a wooden looking room and george the singer oh like, yeah that's love letters out. or whatever or uh 30, yeah. 44 caliber love letter yeah yeah and i and i just remember being like who is this tiny little woman and why is she just why is she so angry and And he had a bowl cut he had a little bowl like a floppy like it looked kind of yellow t-shirt i think and like green pants and i just was i remember just being like what the fuck is this like i you know i i wasn't against it or anything and i was kind of intrigued but I, i i was it didn't hook me then whereas michael um he had a more traditional like you know he had an older brother and he got him into like fear factory and like slipknot and stuff and then he went on his 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 metalcore journey like he then he started latching on to you know august burns red and and all like the og metalcore people yeah um but i i I didn't know about that stuff till i was older and i went from like raging against the machine like straight into like despised icon and like job for a cowboy and stuff like i had a very weird i really like i really took to the shock value stuff like and that's why i really liked i wrestled a bear once before i was in it I really like, I don't know why, but I was really drawn. I, maybe it was like, I wanted, I had something to prove, you know, yeah. like I, Hey, I, I'm down too, guys. I'm hip. I know. I, I didn't just start listening to this kind of music. I am, I'm cred, you know? Oh, of course. No, I, um, you, well, yeah, you have to prove your cred. It's important. Yeah. <laughs> um, was protest a big influence on Unicron? Yes. Yeah. Um, when I was huge. listening to it, I was like, okay, I kind of, that's so crazy. That I can't believe you listened to that music. Yeah. <laughs> we were, that was, so that was me and my little brother's band. Um, and he, and Michael, my, my husband, he, he briefly joined the band, but then I, then I, you know, just dispersed the band when I went off and joined, I wrestled a bear one suddenly on warp tour. Yeah. So yeah. after listening to the Shane um, episode, I guess, you know, I'll, just to backtrack a little bit. Mm-hmm. So they're already on warp tour or they're about to yeah. do warp tour. They're already no, on warp tour and she they bails or what the fuck happened? She, okay. So you know how it is when someone quits a band, everyone acts like, Oh no, that shouldn't have happened. But it's like everyone has to just assume that when someone steps down from a band it's like a breakup from a relationship. They all, they already broke up 10 times without anyone knowing about it and then came oh, yeah. back together. You know, like they've left 10 times. Like they've already quit and come back and quit and come back. You just didn't know about it because it's internal. Um, but then on that, she she didn't she didn't play shows a lot. Um, and Why? Because of her like, voice hurt or what was the reason? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I don't You're actually really yeah. know her. Okay. But I, I think that it was probably, you know, a combination probably of, of her voice hurting and then just being fucking over it. You know, like she was in a we also have to realize that she was in this band, the guy, the, the guitar player, Steven, she and him dated before their band started. So they like, you know, were a couple and then broke up and then continued the band. So like that's just maybe not really healthy for either of them. Right. Yeah. So. You know, that would be hard. I, I think that would, I wouldn't be able to do that with Michael. Like if we broke up, I would, I would be like, I don't want to be in a band with you. <laughs> yeah. That would not be fun. So, so she had probably a lot of outside stresses and, and then, yeah. So she would do that all the time. Um, and the last, you know, one of the last times she did it, like Kevin Lyman was like, if you, if, if you miss another show, I'm kicking you off the tour, like the whole band. And they were like, fuck. And, uh, 
he's like, well, I'm not paying you guys every night to, to have not some of your members just not show up. And which, you know, obviously that should be like that. And Understandable. then, yeah. And then a couple of days later, they, there's a, they went to, uh, they, I guess they went from LA or somewhere in California to, to Dallas and that's where she was living. And so she was like, Hey, I'm going to go home and like see my husband and, and do laundry and stuff. And I'll see you guys at the show. And then, you know, they're like loading up the ramp to go on the show, to start the show. She's still not there. They're freaking out. And then they, as they're going on stage, they get an email being like, Hey, I'm pregnant and I, I'm fucking quitting this band. Like I'm not doing this, you know? So which I think she just had a moment, an epiphany when she found out she was pregnant and was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I have a ba- I'm having a baby and I'm living for my child, you know, like yeah. fuck this. And so she just was done. And, um, and they, the guys were like, fuck. <laughs> they went up and they played their set, which they did instrumental all the time anyway. And then, yeah, that, then the second they got off stage, um, they, they had heard of me because obviously, you know, if you're a woman, you're compared to all the other women. Screamo so they ladies. Had, yeah. Yeah. So uh, people were like, did you see this chick? She's ripping you off. And so they already were aware of me. And then, yeah, they had my, my managers now, like they still, the people that manage me, uh, they were, I wobbly. Jason was with you back then. Yeah. That's how I met Jason and Andrew. They, they, um, they, Andrew messaged me to say, Hey, uh, I wrestled a bear once needs someone to be the vocalist for the rest of warp tour, like a month of warp tour. Can you do it? And I, and I was like, yeah, how much time do I have? And he was like, we need you to come here tomorrow. So, <laughs> so the next show was in St. Louis. Um, luckily there was a day off for 4th of July. Um, so I at least got to like meet everyone that night. And then I went to bed on the bus and woke up in St. Louis the next day and just went out there and played the show. And it was so rough, but it was, Hey, it's like, if I can do that, I can do anything. Did you, you know? know the songs already? <laughs> I mean, like, have you ever heard any of their songs? Yeah. They're it's like, I listen, I listen to the band, but you're not really like aware of vocally what is being said. You know, yeah. I didn't know any lyrics. I, I knew, I knew their, their songs. Like I was a you fan already. You knew the already, melodies, but, what, you know, a bit, but not. Yeah. But, really. Yeah. I mean, like they're, they're <laughs> impossible to even really hear. And what's written down isn't even actually correct. Like I know as someone who had to study them for a long time, you know, like you change on the fly in the yep. studio and it's like, they just didn't re- like correct whatever the written thing was. And so that was crazy. And I was telling when I was on Shane's podcast, I think I told him that I was like frantically trying to download the songs, like torrent them. And then the, my band, whenever they've released songs, they'd leak a fake version first that had like, that just would cut out after 20 seconds and have a bunch of fart noises. Oh my God. So I downloaded all of those and I'm like trying to listen on my phone. And it's just like fart noises. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> I just want to, you know, just before I had, there was like Spotify and stuff. Right. Jesus Christ. So, I would want to smash my computer. I would be so mad. Oh dude. I was like, ah, so I, you know, but that's the, you can use that to your advantage. Like if someone had to fill in for, for Kirby right now, that would be really hard because everyone knows the words. So they'd have to spur of the moment. They'd have to know every word or it would be quite awkward. You know, he he has Um, what we call diction. Yeah. Um, (laughs) He's got that good diction. So, you know, so that would be really difficult. You'd have to actually learn every word, but for a band like that, you know, I could, I could, I'm like, well, I think this is what she's saying here. So I can, I'll say that. 
And I wasn't like, exactly on like, I'm not going to call her up and go, hey, can you like walk me through this song? Yeah, right. <laughs> I well, never had cool, time. Though. You got put yeah. through the ringer, but you did it. I mean, I guess well, we have kind of similar stories then. Yeah, to some extent. yeah. Because um, mine was when they called me, it was I had four days. I was working like training at a new restaurant and. Yeah, and they're they not were, exactly easy songs, you know. Nah, like, but I had a week though. I learned nine songs in a week, and then but the first two shows I played, I was so nervous about singing that I just we backtracked the bass for two shows, and I sang and like Aww. didn't have to worry about it. But then, oh my god, first show ever in Texas in front of like a bunch of people, and they wanted to play Skin and Bones, and I fucking butchered it. I had the lyrics on a piece of paper in front of my monitor and I just oh. destroyed the song. I was like, guys, we're never playing that again ever. And they were just like, oh. <laughs> and I wasn't even in the band yet. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, okay. All right. And, man, uh, sure. Yeah. So we didn't play that for a really long time until we eventually did. And then it sounded really good. Cause I knew the lyrics at that point, but, um, yeah, it was interesting. So I, I, I can hard. somewhat understand the stress that you were under where I, you know, it's hard. It's a lot, not just to learn, but to feel like you have to take on someone else's character to some extent when you're joining a band that's already been established and has a record yeah. out where like Aaron and I, we, you know, maybe have pseudo similar backgrounds where if you know all the guys in Fit for a King and then know Aaron and I's background, we both definitely like, you know, we, we have a little bit of that. We fucked up a little bit. We've, you know, gone mm -hmm. the wrong route once or twice. But, you know, I'm not 6'3", and I don't have a head full of hair. And, you know, he has a really <laughs> cool, unique voice. And it was a yeah. lot where I, when it came to Slave to Nothing, I didn't try to do him. I was like, well, I can't do him. I don't sound like him. I'm like, I'm going to try to sound like Cove Reber and see how this goes. And <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's so, it's so impressive that all of you guys do vocals, too. Like, it's, it's really cool. Oh, thanks. Um, We're like a boy band. The, does the other does the the other guitar player what's what, who's the Daniel. guy who replaced Bobby? He, He's like, so good. He, Bobby sang and Daniel sings. You yeah. sing and you do you can do the the screamies and the yellies really good. Dude, Dan can scream kind of like Sam Carter, like has those like oh. high yells and he and he has a great. Oh. So he actually screams once or twice on the record. Um, oh, that's awesome! And. Yeah, his harmonies, the, his singing voice fits Kirby's really well when we're doing like mm -hmm. The Price of Agony or, um, you know, like Breaking the Mirror, like the more metal, like rough and tough songs. Mm -hmm. And like my emo thing that's in there sometimes is like a nice texture to get to add and do. So it's been really yeah. nice having Dan in the band because now we get to kind of alleviate between everybody and... um you know, make it easy for the show. Yeah. Because now I never, especially well, having my in next years project. now shit. What? Yeah. Life changing. My, yeah. Ne my next, my next thing is I'm now that we've like established a little bit of like feeling like we can do the, do a show, you know, like the whole, get, get everything on the stage, get everything off the stage. It goes pretty smoothly. Um, and we, we've only ever played like, I think we've played 14 times ever. And, um, just the ATB I, tour. Uh, well, before that, we did we did three shows in 2019. Um, we we because we got asked to play. Uh, Misery Signals was doing two shows, um, and so we oh, okay. we obviously so we we went we drove really far to go be a part of that, and then they have and then we did two. Yeah, yeah, 
and they um and then i think maybe their new album comes out today like oh, the uh, actual album i don't know i think and um they and then we did two shows before europe like locally just to like feel like a little bit more confident and then we did a i think um 11 10 or 11 shows on the tour and that's it and then the tour got canceled so we went home um but you know I, my next thing is i really want uh because michael has a really great scream um and bill is an incredible singer he he's like he was like the backup singer in the pop punk band he was in and he he actually did some backing vocals on the new misery signals record no shit um, and this is your bass player right people. yeah yeah cool. bill has bill is a really really great singer he he can sing he can sing much higher he has a much higher range than i do so it, we just haven't had you know we don't all live together so we can't practice together all the time yeah. so we haven't really been able to like have all of us sit down and like practice running our set with a drummer and having like, um, harmony doing all our harmonies and stuff. But that's my next, my next goal is to get Michael and Bill singing. Um, Good cause I move. think that would be, it would just be so nice to, to, to have them do that and then not have like uh, no like backing vocal tracks, like doing harmonies and stuff. But I don't, I'd prefer not to have that, you know, I'd See, rather it be the, you know, voices. that's an interesting argument. And I have, I guess I'll give you a, a good example of it mm-hmm. off the air because I have to compare two bands and I'm not going to do that on here. But the backing <laughs> track question is always really interesting because, well, you're still playing everything and it's not yeah. like you're not playing. But when you do have some extra little, you know, treats in there, whoo, boy, howdy, does it sound great. Um, yeah. And, you know, I guess I, you know, it's an interesting thing. And then you see a band that's like really organic and you're like, Oh man, I really should try that. Like, I think that sounds so much better. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to pick where like architects does a really good blend of it. And I don't, there's not a lot of vocals in there. If really any, um, it's not distracting overall, whatever is in there. It's not distracting me. I, like I'm still, I'm still able to watch them and like, Mm-hmm. and be immersed and, in the experience. And you can nice. hear the difference in his melody and the way, and if yeah. you know the songs, you hear the difference in the way he's screaming these words and that, and that word. And you're like, okay, so this is legit. Like this is a real yeah. recording, but also Sam Carter is the fucking goat. So whatever. Um, Man, I honestly, like, obviously I'd <laughs> like to tour with, I'd like to tour with them just because they're a great band. They have, and they've built this absolutely once in a lifetime, incredible fan base. They're, they're straight up rock stars. Like it's, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. So I'd love to tour with, I'd love to tour with them. But honestly, the real reason I'd like to tour with them is I would just, I just feel like I would learn so much about vocals from that guy in one month, more than I've ever learned in my life. Like I I've just never feel been like more I, curious about someone. I want to watch it. Yeah. I want to see what his projection is like. I want to see how, cause his range is yeah. so ridiculous you know, another yeah. person who is, can do that real well with the really high-pitched yells is um, Joe Bad from Fit for an Autopsy. And on the yes. latest record, he really crushed that. Um, and it's just some, you know, some people are just so damn good. It blow, bleh, blows your brain, you know. It, yeah. Yeah. So, And you know what? The the thing for me, the thing I, I really look forward to to watching those kind of people and learning from them is because... Like, I feel like, you know, if I'm doing like the air quotes right now, like vocalists that, are, that do it correctly, like, I feel like the, the better you are generally, the quieter, the, the less noise, like decibels you have to reach to hit whatever note you're doing. Agreed. And, 
And so, and I'm not like that. I'm so loud and it's just how I am. And I've, 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 I've been working on it for me, man. That's just how I sound. Yeah. I, I, the, the noise, the, the, the way that I've decided to make my, what my signature, you know, my actual scream and my tone is, it is loud. It's ve- like, if you were to stand next to me when I'm doing it, it's very loud. And Sam is the one other person that I've seen and stood by in real life and heard um, doing it who's extremely loud, but he's somehow able to have it thrown from a, some spot in his throat or his chest or his head that like is still protective and How does he still not get a migraine? sustainable. Like- I don't know. Like his, it's sustainable. He's able to, you know, they're not a small band that he's playing for 90 minutes and he yeah. still always sounds good. And he switches back and forth between soft singing and screaming. And it's the switching that kills me. Yeah, you know, I, I can, I can do one or the other played. all day. Last time they played the U S I went and saw the show and it's just always so mind blowing watching him and what he's capable of because he, like we said, with the, the way that they're mixed, it's very clear what he is or isn't doing. Yeah. And, it's just, you know, I, I never understood. Because when I was younger, you know, I he was someone that I wanted to sound like. And I used to do the full-blown yells. And I um, I got into them pretty early on when they did the Dead Swan split. And Hollow Crown was the first. Um, oh, wow. So you're the you're an OG. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to say I've been into that band for quite some time. And it's, it's weird because then I had one time I blew out my voice. And ever since then, I was just like, I, I can't. Like mentally, I have this block that like won't even let me go there. I just yeah. can't can't do it. But I've when it comes to singing, I'm very 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 loud. I've always been, yeah. you know, like doing theater. We didn't have an auditorium. You have your stage voice, yeah. Yeah, we you know we didn't have an auditorium. We had a gym with a stage in it, and you know it sounded like shit. And we didn't practice all year with microphones you got microphones just before you got to perform and yeah so you had to get used to being like well if i want my you know director to hear me i have to sing louder than the chorus and i you know you have to just go for it which i'm very thankful for but then when you start performing for you know 50 minutes straight every night you get used to being like oh wow i gotta kind of tone this down a little bit otherwise i'm gonna get kind of tired by day 30 you know yeah so, yeah um, man it's an interesting it's like the struggle yeah. the weirdest thing about when like when you're the main vocalist of the band too is like for instance like like your your vocalist ryan you know I, he does everything properly and even even back in the day when we toured with him um you know like if, if he was if you were if i was to have a chat with him like before his show or after his show like he was he was very good at like speaking properly he never talked louder than this so he's very very even toned mm-hmm. and that way that that's how you have to be it protects your voice but it's really hard on tour when you're trying to like get to know everybody when you're the vocalists you always have to th- you're always like walking the fine line and trying to compromise between like meeting everyone and getting to know people and also just being out at, like the merch table when loud music's playing and yeah. talking to, to people and also and then and that's one thing you really can't bands, do you know? at some point is just be out yeah. there for that long until the show's over because you can't speak over that stuff like i i I know. Yeah, it's really, really bad for you. But, you know, him, him taking care of his voice, the dude lives and breathes it. I mean, he's on a great diet. He really takes care of himself. He doesn't yeah. smoke. He doesn't drink. He doesn't, you know, he 
doesn't put care himself, of himself on tour. And- yeah, you know, and and he's a, he's really good at it. So you know, that's nice that you do notice that, though. He, you know. Oh, I do. I I I, I always notice those things because I I'm not I'm never around those types of people, right? So like when I'm able to when I'm able to, I really want to learn as much as I can from how they do it. And the main, the the main thing seems to be that that I've learned from all the people that I look up to is same with what, what, what Ryan Kirby would say is just like, and the same, I'm sure you would say is just like vocal lessons in ears, be in good shape. Yep. 100%. You know, know? like that's going to be such a big help. It's a massive thing and it's really necessary. And, and I think people probably think that we're uh, just sitting around all day when it comes to being on tour. And even now that I have, um, you know, we're doing better and we can bring some crew on tour and stuff like that. First thing I do when I wake up is my driver from the bandwagon, Andrew, who comes with us, who's the greatest dude on the planet, wakes us up. We get, we go to the gym, we work out. I come back, yeah. I do yoga for two hours or, you know, like sit outside, maybe work out some more. Like, yeah. you know, it's I not have my little travel yoga mat that like folds up and it's two pounds. So I like yeah. to bring that with me. That's awesome. It's- yeah. That's the best thing for tour for me where I, you know, I don't sing as much these days and my singing is very um, chill. And then my screaming, you know, I do like a fryish type scream. So mm-hmm. it's not too demanding on me. Um, but my body on tour, because I go hard in the paint, hurts a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the older I, I get, the, the harder it is. Like, the more it takes me to recover. And yeah. More I have a robo I leg so. now. I have to wear, like, a knee brace and an ankle brace on my right leg. And, you know, it's just one of those things with what I do. Like, my hips are fucked up. My lower back, yeah, my upper back, my neck is hurt. Everything hurts. But as long as I'm working out a lot and the more I'm working out and the more I'm uh, doing my yoga, the better that I feel. So that really has done a lot of great things for my touring career. And I started doing that Warp Tour 2017 because we were still in the van and we were playing every day and we had no place to ever really relax. And my body was breaking. You went yeah. and were you on the the half <laughs> tour that they did on the Ernie Ball stage? Were you yep. on that one? Yeah, and we drove Man. ourselves that time. Like, there's nowhere. It's a it's a flatbed truck. There's nowhere for you to hang out. Like, where did you hang out? We, outside, we bring our we bring weights. We bring weights and we hang out outside and we bring a tent and I'd lift all day and I'd. That's how my bandmates always met all the cool the cool dudes. Is like everyone would bond over everyone lifting yep. weights like. Someone would have a kettlebell collection. Someone would have a rack and, and, and like a bench and all that. And then everyone would just bring all their shit together. It was awesome. Yeah, it helped um, us socially for sure where people would be like, what the hell? This band has a bench here. And we're just like, yeah, if you want to lift, like anytime, come snag. Like we're, we don't mind. My, my way of getting to know people on the 2012 one that I did was um, my band had a really cute, adorable dog. And oh, nice. um, and she's her name is Mildred and she's like the cutest little doggy um the it's the guitar it's mainly the guitar player's dog but you know like we were always on tour all together so we all considered it our dog and so my thing would be i'd I'd take her on a walk quote unquote like conveniently when everyone was hanging out outside so that way so that way like all the other band people would come up to pet her and i'd be like oh yeah hi i'm courtney oh that's (laughs) so smart here's my card i'm just joking (laughs) right yeah that's so smart i would have done the same thing yeah. Yeah. So I'd take her on a little cruise, a, a friendship cruise 
around so that way I could that's how I'd get to know people because then that's like a nice icebreaker there'd be a cute doggy yeah and she was fine because on you know they'd be on the bus and air she'd be in air conditioning all day so she like she really enjoyed it um but I I, it's not so bad yeah but I can't imagine like Bill Bill and my band he did warp tour in a van too His, his his weirdly enough before we were in a van together the the day that I joined onto that warp tour his band was done there half of Warped Tour. What were they called? So we never, Living With Lions. Oh, okay. They're a punk band. And wasn't one of the guys from Comeback Kid or Misery Signals yeah. in that band? Yeah, yeah. Stu, um, the, Stu, Stu, and then now um, Chase and uh, another one are in Comeback Kid with Stu. The guy, like, they're all, they're all, like, they're all in Comeback Kid and Misery Signals and Living With Lions. But, you know, they, they Living With Lions is more on the back burner, but, um, you know, they're, they're a really cool pop punk band and, we grew up really liking them. And so it was, it was, that's the ba- the bands that Bill was in before he was in our band where we were like fans of when we were making, starting out making music. So it was cool yeah. being in a band with him and like, in, we, we already knew everything about his music career. So just locally, you know, local lo- legend, those bands, like they're very influential where we live. That's sick. So, yeah, so we never toured together, but he, you know, we were we had a twenty four hour window where he left Warp Tour and I joined. Well, Bill, if you're listening, I like your Dingwall. I think it's nice. Oh yeah, he just got a new one too, um, because Michael, you know, Michael's writing and recording bass stuff here, and Bill lives. He lives in Vancouver. And we don't get to see each other much, so now just so that Bill doesn't have to keep shipping his one of his Dingwalls to Michael to record stuff. Um, he got, he got, uh, the NG three has like, I think it has an extra pickup on it. And oh, yeah, it's, yeah, they do. It's They're really, sick. And it, anyway, Michael, Michael just, he actually just got home from picking it up from getting set up. So he's, ex- it, you know, like every time you get your thing, your instrument set up or a new instrument, doesn't it like kind of gets y'all ex- inspired. So I think he's going to be writing some new music today. I think oh, yeah. he's got the, the itch to write because when you get your fresh strings back and, and all that so yeah what, do you do you what do you use do you use ernie ball well no not anymore i i still use ernie ball for strings hi tim mm-hmm. i love you um oh, yeah the slankies <laughs> you know i was a music man um bass player for four years and i recently mm-hmm. just switched over to kiesel i just wanted to Ooh. try something new um and um they've been really kind shout out to chris and Jeff, what are their like, bases like? They're very are they like cool. the guitars, all the beautiful finishes, and like the beautiful wood and, the, and all that? Yeah, the one that I have is more of like a dark wood finish, and it's really beautiful and aerodynamic, and I loved it. And it's, it's comfy great. to play. Yeah, it's it's really really fun to play, and I liked this one. They sent me two, and this one it's called an Icon. You can see it on their website if you go and look at Kiesel's dot com, but um, I liked it so much. I was like, yeah, I can just play all the songs on this one. I'm not going to switch like I usually do. Like this one rocks way more than that one. And the other yeah. one was great. It was just a little heavier and a little bigger of a body. And if you watched how I play, it's more throwing than playing. So um, <laughs> yeah, your, your, your performance is like a CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It's, no it's a lot of so cardio. <laughs> but yeah, when it's he, my, when people say, Oh, how are you so tired? It's like, what? I 
Have you seen the man play? <laughs> well, you know, I don't do cardio during the day for a reason, actually. I just yeah. lift, you know, and then I stretch mm-hmm. and then that's my cardio. And then that's a good way to end, except for after I'm always so hungry. I can eat oh so my much. God, and I'm yeah. It's terrible. But Man, um, I'm so tired. I'm not, I like have no <laughs> appetite when I'm on tour because I'm just always exhausted. <laughs> uh, dude, well, that's the perk of the fucking bandwagon. Once we got to be able to have like a microwave and some snacks and stuff yeah. where like I can get done, smoke a spliff, eat like two peanut butter and jellies and a hot pocket. And I'm fucking yeah. awesome. <laughs> and then gotta let it marinate, go to bed, let it marinate. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's not very healthy, but it's. I it's think. Fun. I think when we do tour again, like when we first do our a tour in the states, I think I'm now that I'm at an eight. You know, we're not like again. We're not kids. We haven't had to tour for the last three years. We've been able to save up our money, put it towards, you know, music stuff. We all have full time jobs. You know, like we're we're when we do a tour, I think we'll definitely splurge and and do a bandwagon or something because I just, I want to be like really on, you know, like I just feel like I'm, it's for the first one, at least I feel comfortable like in like losing money on that and like, and, and not having to be stressed out about not getting sleep and stuff because you know how it is. Like, even if you splurge and you say, Oh, we'll stay in hotels. Like, you don't have time to stay in the hotel. No, Kirby never let us do that except for on off days. Um, we, and that's why you guys are successful because you, <laughs> you spend your money properly. I will say that when people ask about good ways to operate your band and how do you become sex- successful, so how you become successful, um, <laughs> one of the most important things is how you spend your money. And I am not the most frugal person on the planet, but luckily Ryan takes care of our finances, yeah. and he awesome. has really always led the charge on you know let's work hard, let's stay in the van because we can. It's only a couple hours. We can go get showers. Let's keep going. And now with Planet Fitness being a thing too it really helps because oh, yeah. you can get a black card you can bring two people in every day shower twice a day you're golden and they're everywhere but yeah. um yeah it's just not spending your fucking money like bands that party and spend their merch money dude, on beer and drugs me, and go to hotels i was in time. that band i was in that band where yeah. like and i'm a they huge pothead i'm not saying lot. you can't yeah. have fun but that shit fucking makes me annoyed like and there's some bands well, that do when it they all complain about it it's annoying yeah. when they all complain about being broke all the time. I'm like, well, yeah, you're broke. You and for some reason you brought a crew of six people. You have a drum tech and two guitar techs. No and, way. And you know what I mean, like those kind of things. Yeah, like, of course yeah. You're broke. Uh, that you, shit you, drives me wild. And I've and seen it happen. You have so a bus many times. when you should be in a van. You shouldn't be spending two thousand dollars a fucking day. You should be not spending any money, and you should sleep in your damn van or stay at a friend's house. You know, like people my my band it's i get it though because like my in iwabo like we kind of we, i was in like the transition from like the band being at the top and like act, starting to make a lot of money to then slowly getting less and less money but not scaling their operation down and yeah. it, it just it's a weird it's it's hard because you're like oh yeah let's you know bite the bullet and spend money on this and that but then at the end of the day, you know, if your band, my, my goal is if for some reason I had to suddenly break up this band or something someday for some, you know, God forbid some, some bad reason. Like I want to be able to have like, savings and stuff for, to, to protect us as a safety net for when those things happen yeah. and have it think, structured properly. So I think that's the blessing of the, of, of spirit box. Like we're slowly gaining traction and we're doing this at an older age because I feel like 
we already went through like the boot camp portion for the from ages like 18 to 30 you know like of what to do what not to do and now we've learned from all of our past mistakes and um yeah you've got so much knowledge and we it's okay that we can't you know that we don't play a lot of shows i prefer to be you know be a better performer but at the same time you know collectively we've all played thousands of shows ranging from festivals to to small like hole in the wall bars so like we you know what i mean like we don't need to to get we need to improve but we don't need it for like experience sake you know like we know how to take our we know how to change our drums off the stage and put them back on and plug our stuff in there you go (laughs) well we think we know every every night of that tour we were like thank god these other bands are all being so nice to us and like understanding you know (laughs) you know we're, we're really rusty Absolutely. And like, that is a tough tour etiquette is a tough thing to learn. And it's definitely nice that you guys, you know, obviously have done it for a long time and and remember it. But you know, and the other thing is when it comes to the crew is a lot of bands that maybe get signed young and they're like having success and you know, people are telling them like, yeah, you got to be in the bus because otherwise people think you suck and you got to have, you got to have crew. And it's like, well, we didn't like we we've got our first you know tech when it you know it came time where Daniel and Bryce were in Phineas together and Bryce already teched for Silent Planet. So when mm-hmm. we were taking Dan, we were like, well, we're gonna take Bruce too. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, yeah. Come on now, boy. And now you're at the point where you're playing longer sets. You have multiple guitars. You you physically if you didn't him. have them yeah. yeah if you didn't have him then the show people are paying for can go horribly wrong absolutely you know, like, and he's the greatest you, you it. on the planet and is so amazing to have with us and we love him so much and we're so thankful for the crew that we have but we built a small family over years and everyone that's in the crew like it's not just you know like they can just come and go and no one will care it's like an emotional yeah. thing and I think that's important where. You know, building everything to um, in a way where it has a nice foundation and everyone knows that they're heard and everyone knows that like they're not just an employee and that everybody cares about them. That shit's mad important when it comes to touring because otherwise you lose your shit. You know, what's your number? What's your biggest like tour etiquette advice? Mine is like just if you're the opening, if you're the opening band, like be as submissive as possible. That's my thing. Yeah, I guess. Don't like don't take the merch spot till everyone else has taken theirs. Yeah. Don't don't eat before everyone else. Don't take the towels so the headlining bands taking their towels. You know, like that. Don't take the water. You know what? That's the thing that pisses me off the most is when there's only one shower and by the time I'm going to shower and everybody didn't get done and like take their time or like the opening band took forever and they think it's fine. But I'm the type that also will say something real quick. Good. Yeah, that's good. It's 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 good for everyone because it will help you and then. Most, most, the odds are they are just doing that because they just are they ignorant. Don't they don't know any better. Yep. They're not mean. They're just they just didn't know. So you know, I that's always my biggest my biggest thing is just like be submissive. It don't you know? I am always like that's we had a guy on tour with us that was his first ever tour. The, the guy who we had be our drummer on this last tour. So that was my advice to him. Is like, oh, that's cool. You know, like so don't don't go on don't go on stage. Just start setting your stuff up like wait till the the production manager someone says all right now you may go so and so is not sound checking you know blah 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 like just that kind of stuff because it and, just 
And when you're headlining, you want ev- you want everyone to support you as much as possible and make your life easier because their job exists because you chose them to be on the tour. So you have to be submissive. Absolutely. And luckily, I've gotten to tour with a lot of bands I admire where I wouldn't want to do anything until I'm like yeah. given the okay or the blessing. And I think that that helps a lot. And, you know, I just I give tough love. You know, I think if you talk to like Currents or Alpha Wolf or one of those bands where they're like, yeah, I remember my first tour with Fit for a King. Uh, I love Tuck, but shit, because I put, you know, I, I do. I make my jokes and I, you know, I'm a little tough on you, but all in all, it's a lot of fun. And I think that, you know, we all love each other a lot. It's just there is a thing when it comes to touring where it can be really cohesive and awesome and, and everyone can have a great successful time. As long as you're just cool and like, take your time. Like if you eat the, you know, our tour managers only vegan meal of the day, like I'm going to be fucking pissed at you. Yeah. Like, you would, you'll you learn, know? you're going to learn today. That's you're going to learn, you you're gonna back you're the gonna fuck learn up. today. You gonna learn top. today? Absolutely. That's my that's my favorite southern <laughs> southern thing. You gonna learn today, baby? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you do something wrong. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I you know I pretend I'm southern sometimes when I when I'm down there. It's really nice. The Texas guys don't have accent accents that bad. Um, I guess Jared has one like a little bit, but I you know I want like Louisiana Whoa, those, shit. Those those two, the, I don't know what it is. Again, maybe it's just like where they grew up, but they don't have. The tip, like the the typical Texas accent, it they're pretty more northern, like metropolitan. You yeah. know, like they live in, a, they grew, sound like they grew up in a city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sophisti- sophisticated Texas. Um, yeah, the you know the um, with right with uh, how, how by the way, how is it being in a when you're in a band where everyone has the, has the same name? You share a name. Well, that's why I had to change mine. Everyone calls me Tuck yeah. instead. It was weird. Yeah. Um, but I grew up like that. My neighbor and best friend growing up was also Ryan, but I, it was yeah. rough because he was big Ryan and I was little Ryan. And then my Aww. neighbors all called me Lil Ho Query. And um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I got called all the time on the bus. So if you think that your bus ride was interesting, there you go, folks. Um, you know, Dude, so, that's so good. when they were like, yeah, let's just like come up with a nickname. I was like, Okay, let's do this. <laughs> I was ready. I was very well, ready. In I in Iwaba, we had three Michaels. Oh God! So it was me. So sometimes, like there was at the end, Stephen wasn't touring with us. It was just the three Michaels and me. So that's why they all. So they all have nicknames too. We have Mikey, Ricky, and then my my Michael. He was the youngest, so we called him Young Michael. Oh, that's cool. You know yeah. that way. That, otherwise, it was so confusing. Yeah, <laughs> you know what though? No one even calls. Ryan, Ryan, everyone calls him Kirby for the most part. And when you're on tour with him, like, really, so yeah, it was one of those things where I was like, you know, I could have been fine with being Ryan. And at first I was like, this will be cool. Like the two Ryans, like bah, vocalists, you know, but then it was like <laughs> the Rye uh, guys, the Rye guys, um, the Rye guys, <laughs> the good and the bad Ryan. <laughs> do you want, Oh, do you want to hear, do you want to hear my best Ryan Kirby story? Yes, please. Okay, you're gonna love this. So we we we're they were the opening band, and we play. I think I don't know if we were direct support. Oh wait, this is in the olden days when there was like five or six bands on all all tour packages. And this was an so Attila think, one, right? Yeah, it was like the big one where until you know we took we're like oh, I guess let's take this tour or whatever. I'd rather do this than go to Europe. And then like by the time the tour happened, they became like the biggest band in the scene. We were like, yeah. holy shit. And it all was sold out and stuff. And um, 
they I was like, wow, it's like the opposite of what's happening to my band right now. We're downgrading all our venues. And then this band's like, we're upgrading all the venues. (laughs) And, and, you know, it was was fun. And the last day of the tour was in somewhere in Florida. And um, I think maybe let's just say it was like Orlando or something. And uh, the we were we were all sitting there. So we were on like third and and Fit for a King was on first. And at the end of the show, like after it was all, we were all cleaned up. <laughs> I was like, I was standing there with Ryan Kirby and he was like, Hey, it's pretty cool. When, uh, during that one, that, that one song, uh, that was so sick that you guys had that wacky inflatable arm waving guy just like pop out of the ground. Cause uh, we have, we had a wacky inflatable <laughs> arm guy. And then he pops out. Of the, yeah. It was a huge 35 <laughs> foot tall one. And so, and it says I, wa- I said I wobble on it, which actually our trailer got stolen, and he got stolen, and we never found oh, him. No. The wacky so man, <laughs> I know. So it's like, someone, where is he? And um, we'll anyway, him. he was huge. He was huge and a big smile. And I looked at Ryan, and I was like, Ryan, I was like Ryan, we have the wacky inflatable arm guy every single night. And I looked at him, and I was like, you've never watched us perform, and he looked at me. <laughs> And now see what I would do is I would go, what? Oh my God, of course I have. But you know, at the, oh, it's your last song. See, I have to run back to the merch table at that time because I have to do a meet and greet then. It's nothing personal. I watch your other songs. You guys are great. Yeah. That's what I do. Cause like, I just hate being uncomfortable. Ryan has looked at me dead in the eyes and said, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, crap. Like, I felt bad because I'm sure Ryan, he probably thought that, like, that was offensive. But we, like, we, I still say that. I'll be like, you got me. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> you, God. Since you know him. See, like, if I tell someone who doesn't know him that, they think that's not, they think that's, like, the the, the punchline is that he was being a jerk. But you know him. So, you can, yeah. you know what I mean? You can oh, see yeah. how funny that oh, is. Oh, yeah. It's like, you got me. Oh, yeah. It's so curvy. And, <laughs> and I just was like, Ryan. You can't believe it. And he's just like, well, it was pretty cool seeing it. Thanks. <laughs> but I saw it one time. He's also like liar, liar, where I don't think he's capable. Yeah, wow. I know. That's so that's what I mean. I would have like quickly made up a lie. <laughs> I know. But he like he, he's he'll not just that look you dead in the eyes and just give it to you straight. <laughs> yeah. So I liked I anyway, that's and awesome. that just made me it made me just like instantly be like I like this guy. <laughs> like he'll be okay. He's gonna do okay in his life. Yeah, he's like, great. You, you got me. And I, because then I'm like in my head, I was like, I wouldn't watch this either. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god! I wish I got to see her, but you know, we play. We still have your guys' ego risers. <laughs> um, yeah, the they need new like uh, thingies to keep the legs on. So the one that picture where like the ego riser broke. Did we just like pawn it off on you guys? We bought them like Sean Carano, our old manager. I think bought them from you guys. Okay, or somebody good. good. Or, um, yeah, they they don't have the legs are broken. Like they were already broken. They sold you a faulty. I yeah, knew they were broken. We still use they them. Sold, oh my god, that's so good. Well, I'm Bruce like, tries to keep them together. I don't like those. I don't like the the risers. I feel like I'm going to fall off them. I'd no, one of the legs fell off, and then Kirby fell, and it hit him in the rib. <gasps> and then we sold a T-shirt where there's a picture of him falling. Have you oh not my seen God. this? No, and you know what? I should. I wish I had because I would have said, "Yeah, that was my payback." I I I made sure they were sold messed up. 
so that way Ryan would fall off them. God damn right. Because he didn't watch Iwabo. Yep. That's, oh my God, that's my worst nightmare, and it happened to him. Yep. That's why I don't like those things. I don't feel like they're sturdy enough. Nah, and he always gets damaged. It's either that or me hitting him with shit, so. Oh, you know. he's tough as nails. No, he was okay. He was all right. I mean, it hurt him for sure. He definitely got bruised that night because um, it was a hard fall. If I could find the video, um, the, oh. the pictures out there for sure. I bet um, it's scary. Everyone when he was when he tore like was trying to get back on him again. You know. Yeah, and just watching that happen to anybody while you're playing too is like oh, it's scary because it's like he is the singer of our band. Like if Ryan gets hurt, uh, I'm gonna be kind of poor. Um, so you're, no, you're gonna have to do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Backtrack bass, and then they're just going to make you do it. That would be so bad or really fun. With Ryan staring at you from the side of the stage, judging you, being like, hmm. We lose all our fans because I cuss <laughs> the entire show and don't say any real words and just call everyone <laughs> pussies. I'm just freaking out, moshing on everyone. But then, you know what? I do love fronting a band, though. I, fr- I have an emo band that I front um, in my spare time called Off-Road Minivan. Swan Dive, out now. Go listen to it. Yeah, um, and you were saying you sit, you do more, like, soft singing in that. And yeah, it's definitely m- more like 2005 Armor for Sleep worship music-y stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's a lot softer and fun and that one I like to run around and dance and spin the mic because mics are for swinging, not singing. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's it's nice, but I you know I can't imagine doing a whole set of what he does because it is no, it's really it sounds really hard. I mean, even when I do just my sets when offered tours, which is maybe thirty shows a year, it's hard. It is very difficult to it sing is. that like at all using your whole range for an hour or 40 minutes or whatever that's fucking tough you have to be very efficient and like frugal with your movements like i I feel like all the people that are really actually technically uh like perfect like someone like ryan someone like like anthony from after the burial Mm -hmm. um you know if you I, i really i watch all those live sets just on youtube of all of your band and all those people all the time because i'm also looking at like how do they move around the stage? Like, do they, yeah. they look, notice they're not jumping around all the time. They're really, they're really like being Sam like too. efficient. Yeah. They're being efficient with their movements. So I've, I've, that's the one thing I'm trying to work on is like, sometimes I just get, you know how it is. You're, you're such a over the top, like physical performer. Like, you know, you just get really caught up in the moment and, and you say to yourself before you go out, like, I'm going to relax. I'm going to chill a little bit because I need to make it through the whole set. But then you just get really like caught up because you're having such a good time. So that's the problem I have these now. You yeah. Know? Like I, 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 I'm not, I'm not, it's not sustainable. Like I, I'm going to run out of gas at the end. That's my problem with off-road is because I try to do the same thing where I'm kicking and spinning and dancing and the whole thing. And then yeah. I can't relax my vocal cords because I'm exhausted. So I can't stay relaxed. My, yeah. So by the end yeah. of it, you know, it really damages you that much more, but because of, you know, it's when I see someone like Ryan where I, I admire how technically proficient he is and I know he's not going to fucking go ham all the time. That's why I like do what I do where also one, I wanted to be in my head. Like if there was one thing where someone was like, what do you want to achieve in your time in Fit for a King? I was like, I want to be the greatest bass performer anyone's ever seen. 
you yeah. know, and I want to climb everything. I want to spin my guitar more than everyone. I want to do like what story of the year did for me and like bands like that, where I was like, this is the every time I shit. die and stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, Dillin- and Dillinger escape plan. And 100%. All that. Like, I love that. When we had Bobby, him and I used to fight on stage. Um, <laughs> like, but me and Dan won't fight on stage. Cause he's like riffing more. And like, I, you know, he, you know, Bob is, six three and he could kind of take me running at him and shit where dan and i you know i have like 40 pounds on him it's not gonna really be fun um he actually if dan wanted to wrestle he could fuck me up though he was a a all all american wrestler for his weight class when he was in high school uh he's got that low center of gravity yeah um but I, I'm just always been more inspired by that, by the performance. I never was like, yeah, I want to learn how to shred. I was like, I'm going to take the bass and I'm going to mm-hmm. throw it at everyone. And then I'm going to go get yeah. it. And then I'm going to play I, it. I used to be like that, like to, like to compensate for, you know, like people don't like that. I'm a girl. I'm going to show them. I'm going to, I'm going to be the best vocalist and I'm going to be able to do like backflips on stage. But what actually happened is I just was a, kind of mediocre vocalist and I would be able, cause I jumped around and did like fucking pushups mm-hmm. and jumping jacks on stage. And so now I'm trying to like study people like Ryan um, and people like Anthony from, from ATB and stuff that, and just watch how they can, I'm like, okay, well you can still be like very powerful and intense without jumping around too much. So Winston's I, like study that them. too from, yeah. Okay. Where he yeah, just exactly. you look at him and it's like, oh, you're so commanding. This is awesome. Like, yeah, and those those dudes are so it's in crazy good shape. Like, they, he could jump around if he wanted, but he yeah. knows like for the for the long run, you know, thirty shows in, it's like that's for me. That's what I'm interested in. Like, I can do great for two shows, but I, I I'm not. I won't be happy until I can be perfect on a thirty day in a row yeah. tour. You know, and, and right now so. I can't do that. People are so captivated by the singer that I, I think it's a lot about your hand movement, your body language, yeah. your face, your confidence. Like you yeah. have to, you don't have to do as many tricks to captivate people because you already yeah. are captivating people. People are already interested in pretty yeah. much just you. You know, if the people become interested in me, it's because I, you know, stole one or two, but really everyone's focusing on Kirby. It's why every yeah. video is focused on the singer, right? So as long as you can maintain that confident, you know, presence while also sounding amazing, everyone is sold where they're just like, yeah, the band was amazing. They didn't expect you to do backflips in the first place, you know? Yeah. But I I come from that world, you know, that's the world that, that I, that I come from is that jumping around Dillinger escape plan, like tech shreddy novelty honky horn world, you know? So it's hard for me to like, get out of there but that's my i'm trying like i i, I want to just be i want someone to to be able to think i'm good if they're only listening to me and can't look at me you know what i mean like whereas right now it's more like if you're watching me it will be fun but if you were to just listen back you might be like she needs to like chill out a little bit <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, yeah those, I try, try hitting those notes better but yeah, I, I just get too, right is, now I'm too caught up in it, you know, I, but I'll, I just, that's the experience. It's like thing, watching right? an early Daryl Palumbo video versus a later Daryl Palumbo video. Yeah, exactly. Jumping around crazy, like just doing karate kicks and then, and then just you, you chill out over the years and learn what best suits your voice. And then some people are just freaks of nature and they're always, they always, they can jump around like, like Anthony the Crystal Lake guy. Yeah, yeah, and the Crystal Lake guy and the Ryan, yeah. like it, it's just 
it's it's disgusting how physical they are and how good they sound. Yeah, Rio is a freak, but he also when we tour together, he works out with me every day and like stretches with me and does the same thing. So when we Ugh. met on so he when we met on the August Burns Red tour, I forget which episode. Someone just mentioned Ryan Neff from Miss May. I mentioned it, but we the first U.S. tour they ever did was it was August Burns Red, us Miss May I them, and we between Jake and and my band, we had a fuck ton of weights. You know, we had like 275 of iron. We were doing, you know, squats, benching, deadlifts, all the shit all day. So Rio started working out with us. And then... Wow, he's in crazy shape. Yeah, and then when he came back this time, he, like, he stuck with it the whole time he was there. And when he came back to work and lift out with with us this time, like, he'd come every morning still because we just want to hang out anyway because he's the fucking best. But yeah. the dude is just in amazing shape. Watching him do pull-ups and stuff is wild because, you know, dude's just fantastic. Really takes care of himself. Very healthy. It's not like he's, like, partying and drinking and smoking and shit. Dude is very legit. And, you know, he also isn't the loudest person in the room, which is interesting because when he's mm-hmm. he's so energetic on stage, but off stage yeah. he's very calm and mm-hmm. um, very, like, well-spoken and kind. So it's mm-hmm. not like he's overusing his vocal cords when he's off the stage either. It's just when he's up there. So Yeah. I I really, really <laughs> appreciate that about vocalists. And, you know, um, and then someday when we can all tour together, I'll work out with I you. Know. Yeah, well, good job, bro. And, Mike, and Michael, because then Michael can have someone spot him because I'm too weak to, to spot the amount of weight he lifts. You now, know? he's kind of a beefcake, though, isn't he? He's pretty tall. Yeah, he's 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 six two. Okay, yeah, I thought and he was he's, pretty he's big. A, he's a beefy boy, and also you know, he, I he, in all the photos, like generally you're in a band with guys who are all similar heights, but you know he get all of Michael's photos are him next to a five foot seven person, me. Yeah. So he looks extra big. Well, see, that's <laughs> what my band is like because I'm five seven too. So Jared's six six three or six four, and I'm five seven. <laughs> yeah, so you're like me, Ryan, and and Dan are all just about the same height. Yeah, so Give you have to take like an inch. stagger everyone in the photo so it looks, mm-hmm. you know, like... Yeah, he's good. standing yeah, four Michael's feet back. <laughs> but yeah, that's exactly. awesome. I can't wait. I know, you know, obviously, I, you know, there were discussions of a tour between uh, some friends that maybe were Spirit Box and Fit for a King happening at one point, but... Oh, no, uh, and I really hope that... I really hope that things get back to normal soon and we can all, we can all go have fun together. And, you know, especially all of you guys that have done a lot of people have made podcasts during this time. And so everyone's interviewing each other and getting to know each other. So it's just going to be even more fun when, when we can all actually do shows together again, or at least go out and, 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 you know, when you come to Vancouver or something, we can come over and watch you. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I hope so. I hope so soon, man. It's just like for, for us, this is business as usual. Like this is our, our, this is what we've been doing for the last couple of years is just not being on tour. But for you guys, like it's, it's completely your identity. Like this is how you connect with your fans. This is how you make money. Like it's, it's just such a shitty and all your, your people you love and care about all the crew people, you know, like now they all have to do other stuff. So man, I hope we can get this all back together soon. Yeah. It's hard because like you said, it has become so much. I mean, I've always really taken pride in the identity of a musician ever since I was a kid. Right. But now that Mm -hmm. it is my profession, 
it is really hard to think about like the what if and what will come and you know by the time that things come back will people give a shit will everyone that hated locked in my head that came out today because they think it's not screamo enough be like so i know i'm so excited to hear it Um, because i saw you guys say that say hey if you don't like the if you feel like oh we've changed you're not gonna like the single you know what's so dumb though but you know but the album you'll love yeah well, for sure. And like we usually play that card a bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, the reality is we have an all singing song on every mm-hmm. record. So everyone yeah. that's like, oh, they sound like a butt metal band. So just instead of writing a really depressed, super soft song this time, we decided to try to write one that would make us money. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and the reality is, it's not like we put any like intentional effort into it where it literally was. One day I was sitting on the couch and I was like playing this chorus and then I had like lyrics for it and I sang it and then Bob was like, dude, that's, that's pretty cool. And I was like, yeah. And he's yeah. like, yeah, that's cool. And I was like, okay. And then Kirby took it and then did the Kirby with it and wrote, you know, awesome lyrics. And then me, Dan and Bob sat and we've, we structured out the whole song and wrote it out and it was really easy. It was a, one of the more organic songs where, you know, obviously everyone knows we work with Drew Folk, our producer. And he definitely helps with tracks. And this was one that we did a lot of ourselves. And we really take pride in how great the song is. And I know it's not for everyone, but the reality is y'all have listened to other albums that had singing songs on them too. We just made this one a single instead of letting it be track eight on the record. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's not that different. Um, But I think it's good. You need to, it's a statement because I think I feel very strongly about bands that are, planning on being around for a long time to just you need to train your audience that to expect that you're just going to do whatever the fuck you want yeah and that way they just leave you alone you know what i mean like that you you've all you declare like that fluidity that you're just going to do whatever you want and it might make them a little uncomfortable but they'll just they're going to just get used to it and then they'll leave you the fuck alone and you can just do whatever you want forever so i think it's good it's bold and it's like it's very important for you to train people to expect that of you Absolutely. And, you know, two notable, really cool releases, um, you know, not just your band, but to think also band like the Acacia Strain has been around Mm -hmm. for, you know, quite some time, but really put together an amazing release, an amazing rollout, got everybody interested. And look at them go. And look how well it did. 12,000 first week. That's fucking awesome. Top top five. I mean, how cool. Yeah. How cool was that to see? It's like Taylor Swift. And then like the other three, and then yeah. Acacia Strain. I just was like, oh my God. That's it's amazing so, stuff. It gave me chills. Like, it's so sick. And technically, I, I get to be a part of that because I, I sing on one of the songs. No shit. I haven't yeah, even listened I sing, to the record yet. I sang on I sang on this one called, uh, it's called a, Thou- a Thousand Stings. A Thousand Painful Stings. That's sick. Very and cool. so Yeah, so it, it's, I, I'm so proud of them. So they're, they're just, I hope that they're really taking the time to like glow and, and like bask in this glow of, of being proud of themselves because their release was so creative and they catered to their audience. They catered to the people that listen to their band that want to buy vinyl and want to buy like the little seven inches and stuff. And they, they killed it. So yep. like, I feel like they're, I feel like they kind of changed how all of us are going to do some shit next year. You oh know? yeah. Like they, 
It's really cool. So I'm the very records are enough. dying. People need singles more or, or EPs or small releases so they can. Stay <laughs> yeah, that's why I haven't. Growing. I've never put out a fucking record yet, like a full record. It's just been an EP, a bunch of singles, and then three month, three other singles because, you know, when people are like, "Why won't you put a record out?" I'm like, "Who's are you gonna fucking pay for it? Who's paying for this?" Yeah, right. <laughs> hey. You get, give me ten thousand dollars, and I'll I'll put out a full length record for you. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. an interesting situation right now where I guess I I would be curious to see how it goes as like just pushing singles all the time and finding like yeah. a similar budget between what would add up to be a record or whatever. It's like, yeah. all right, so uh, instead we're going to do singles, and eight singles equals a record, right? So we can fucking burn yeah. through that contract, maybe. But, um, yeah. you know, we'll see. But you guys have a very interesting, at least through the conversation I had with Jason, you guys have a very unique way of distributing your music. Um, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, we, I don't know how much of that is public, so we won't really dive into it. Plus, we're almost at two hours, so Jesus Christ. Um, I know. I'm a, dude, I'm a fucking talk. I'm a lingerer, dude. Like, you'll never it. get rid of me. You'll, you'll never, never get rid, rid of me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't worry. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you go soon. I'll, I, the, like, I'll, obviously, I have to like pee, so yeah. don't worry. We'll, we'll wrap okay, it up. Me too. <laughs> I'm always, I'm yeah I have a little tiny baby bladder and I'm yeah. always on the same but no it's nice I mean my show is usually two hours long and um it's just nice when I talk to someone that I had, didn't previously know never seen in person and I just admire your music and what you've been able to do so it's really nice that you took the time at Thank least you. to even talk to me but Thank I have you. some there's, questions there's that extra you. layer there's that yeah. extra layer for us of just so appreciating your guys's band and you know that connection of that tour we did with your band, you know, we've toured with a, a hundred bands, but the, the Fit for a King guy has always left a lasting impression on us. And we still, you know, we only ever did that one tour with them and, and we still talk about you guys because we so, cool. so fondly because you guys just, I feel like you're probably like that with lots of bands you meet, you know, like they just always remember you. So it's really it's nice great. of you to say, I think, yeah. you know, I can't speak for myself, but I think when it comes to the guys in my band or our crew, I'm really lucky to be around a bunch of guys who aren't filled with the ego they're really nice yeah. to be around. They're very kind. You know, they're not going to try to be the center of attention, but they're also not going to neglect you and be mean. They're just easy going, normal people. I don't think people real, you know, maybe fans, I hope they realize it, but I don't think they know necessarily how normal everybody is. Because even myself growing up, looking at musicians, looking at larger bands, you're like, man, that guy's a rock star. He must be like crazy and partying and all this. Yeah. And it's like, I want to be the anti-rock star. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm the, we know? just hang out and play super smash brothers. And like my one thing when we're on tour, if it's the season, I'm like, guys on Wednesdays, like we have to watch bachelor. Is that okay? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's a little stuff that they wouldn't even ex expect. That's so far out of left field where, you know, they think we're trying to go out and get wild. And I'm like, my concern is literally like, no, like it's Bachelor in Paradise right now. Like we're gonna go watch Bachelor. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so. I think it's also just kind of playing difficult music. I think a lot of the, a yeah. lot of us like that. You have you play technical music. It's like you don't have time to be staying up till six in the morning and like being high and drunk like while you're playing. Like you'll mess up. Yeah, some people can, and I'm very I'm usually proud pretty of high, them <laughs> personally. Yeah, I'm a huge stoner, so I'm kind of. But I'm like the kind of super hyperactive person when i smoke pot i'm i'm like i am really proud. i'm high now um no i i'm i'm yeah. a before i'm a before bed gal like yeah. i i my for me it's just like a means of just relaxing i don't like 
I don't like navigating the world like that. <laughs> I feel like I'm like, oh, everyone's looking at me. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone is looking at me. No, I so love sunny? it. Why is it so sunny? Oh my God. Wow. Well, I'm always you know? wearing sunglasses the wind, for sure. The wind hurts my skin. <laughs> you know, like. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, you know, back when I didn't get high, you know, as much as I necessarily do now, I'm, it was definitely interesting. Like the, you know, you, you smoke when you're young and you pass out in the living room and my mom would hide our, me and my friend's pot before my dad would get up so he wouldn't yell at me or some stupid shit. Is, <laughs> is, New, York, is New York State still like very like, you know, if you want to get weed, it's you have like a drug dealer give you weed and you don't get a choice. They're like, here's the weed. Like. Or is you walk into a store now and like go? No, buy it's it. not legal yet. So it's decriminalized. So you can get you can get um, your medicinal card, and you mm-hmm. can get oil and and tincture, um, but you mm-hmm. can't get flour yet. Um, but getting weed in New York is pretty easy because they just have like a delivery service. So I just have like yeah. a guy that will stop by and he has a bunch of different strains and cool. edibles and stuff, and they're really nice and. They, you know, take it very seriously and they're kind and I'm, I'm about it. Um, but it's a bit expensive. Um, yeah. We illegalized it countrywide last year. Um, like no, just, isn't yours through fully, online or something? Like you got to Yeah, go you can get it, you, you can get it online, but you, you know, there's, you can go into any store. You saw, it's just like being in a liquor store. You have to, our drinking age here is 19 and the, the age to go in a weed store is 19. And That's you can awesome. just, you just. Yeah, and it's it's really great because um, it's all you know. It's I a lot of people are annoyed with the regulation. I I like it. I like getting a thing that's sealed shut with a little special sticker and like that shows that no one's yeah. tampered with it and yada yada. So I know I, a lot I, of people I'm into who it. prefer it that way and never tried it or were interested or haven't smoked in how long because they you know don't like dealing with illegal things. But if it's legal, they'll just go and buy it and. I think that it's awesome and it's a really nice service and the way that those people, you know, treat you is great. And the other reality is we have a massive opiate addiction problem in the United States of America. Uh And if we don't try to fix that, then a lot more people are going to continue to die. And it's really sad. And it's something that is constantly happening. So, and the other thing is, you know, you, you, you put everybody on opiates because they broke their ankle once and then they're stuck on it for their life. And then you try to get them off. So you put them on methadone for the rest of their life. And the way the United States treats is treats big pharma and treats people and when it comes to their um, practices with recovery is really disgusting. And it's, um, Dude, it's so depressing. It's so depressing. It makes me so sad that yeah. like, I just can't shake people and be like, no, you have to trust me. I live in the country. I live in Vancouver's a, in a wild. country. You know? Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. East, the East Hastings streets on Vancouver. Yeah. I was just there this weekend and it's so it's awful. It's even worse than it was in the previous years because, you know, during COVID times, think of all like the regulations of like all the, all the, um, the support homes, like everything's more, you have to be spaced out. So now there's less rooms available mm-hmm. and it's hor It's, uh, it's just horrible. Like it, it's just so fucked up. Cause it's like, it looks like the zombie apocalypse next. And then like one block down is like the Gucci store and there's Lamborghinis yeah. parked outside. Like when it's you mad- pull up to the, the, that alley on Hastings street to whatever that venue is, the rickshaw. Yeah. The, the rickshaw. That's some wild shit. Watching people smoke crack, shoot up heroin, like, yeah, it's watch like, the dude it's, shoot up between his toes like wild shit. Uh, 
It is, yeah. it really is. And when everyone, it's so, you know, it's so funny for us because everyone else is like, oh, yeah, yeah. I like, I live in New York City. Like, I live in LA. I know. I'm like, no, 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 guys. No, you, you don't. <laughs> I, it's, it's nothing. World like. famous here. But yeah. the, the one thing I do like is that the, the, the people, the homeless in Vancouver, there really is like a, a sense of community. Everyone knows each other. The people that live in, the people that work in the stores know the homeless people. Like, everyone kind of looks out for each other. So that so that, I'm glad that there's that at least because now there's so many more people so that the other homeless people are look, are trying to look out for everyone. So yeah. that 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 part is good. There is an actual sense of community within the homeless community there. Um but other than that it's just it's really awful and it it, it just makes you see how you know ignorant to that stuff I am, you know? Like I don't have to ever deal with that stuff. We yeah. we're it's the same with us all having, you know, free healthcare. Like I I just can't wrap my head around getting sick and then like going into debt. I just can't. It just doesn't exist. And everyone lies. Everyone tells themselves it's bad here in Canada. Like, Oh, it takes a year to see a doctor, blah, blah, blah. No, it doesn't. It's better than where you live. It's far superior. We have incredible doctors. Our medicine's inexpensive. We, it's great. (laughs) It's, it's wonderful. Everyone has a doctor. Everyone, can walk into a clinic everyone can get their blood blood tested anywhere like it, we have covid tests it's great but it's, it's just a shame i really hope i really hope that in after maybe this year who knows maybe maybe america will start maybe this will have really like opened up some people's eyes to what you know a country does need a safety net or look what happens you know yeah so hopefully ho- hopefully socialized medicine is in your future I, I just don't know though. It's just one of those things. It's we're pretty far from that right a dirty, now. A dirty, a dirty phrase where you know, in yeah. The like, there's a lot of conversations that come with it. You know, people wanting just at least for it to be privatized, so yeah. there's you know proper competition and people can charge what they want. Um, yeah. But you know, hopefully, the younger generation, yeah. younger generation are the one below. Because how old are you? I'm 31. Oh, me too. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the, so the gen, the Gen Z, I feel like they're like what we were supposed to be where they're just like, they straight up don't give a fuck. Like they're just ready. They're just ready to do whatever the fuck they have to do to get what they need to get. Like they're so, there's, there's so much activism in the Gen Z community. So I feel like this next generation is going to like kick the ass of the old generation. That's my dream. I don't yeah. know. I think it's very I, possible. I, I mean, when you take young people and all you offer them are debt or entrepreneurship. Yeah. It's that's tough. It. And those are yeah, your two options. You can, you can either become Bezos or you can just be like everybody else and you can take on a yep. bunch of debt and you can have, you know, 80 grand, 80 grand of college debt that's going to stick with you unless you really want to be successful. If you really want to be successful, you have to take on about like 300 grand of debt and you have to become a doctor yeah. or a lawyer. But you'll pay that off in the first like 30 years. So don't worry about that unless you get a really big client. Then maybe you'll pay that off in the first 15. Yeah. Don't worry about it that much, you know. Yeah, um, so, do that. And you, know. you, need, you need a nice car and a nice house. Well, yeah, but the thing is, you can't really own it. You can't own any of it. You have to make (laughs) sure that somebody... Float it all on credit all the time. Float it all on credit, lease the car, make sure that you, you know, just don't put any scratches in it, because if you put a scratch on it, then you're going to have to buy a car. And you got to make sure that you have a really, really (laughs) shitty loan on your house, so that way after you you pay it off, um, you know... Remortgage it. it. Yeah, remortgage it, because, um, you know, you lost your job or something. Um, It's it's wild, you know, I've watched... saw this meme and I ended up talking about this earlier today in an interview too, where it was a meme where it was like 
the major label deal is the worst loan in history. It's like taking out a loan on your house, buying your house, paying it all back with interest, and then them telling you you still only own 15% of your house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, God. Which you guys are being really smart about. So good for you. Yeah. Yeah, we we are we are. I'm really we're 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 living like the the my dream of what I could have this band be as far as like the business part of it of like having creative control and flexibility, but then still getting financial backing is like it's happened and it, it's like one of those dreams that I've had for 15 years and I never thought that I'd get there and now it's there and I'm like all right, well now I have no excuse if we fail, like it's our fault we have this like super powerhouse team and oh, yeah. like, you know, and so like some we of my can't... favorite people, you got some really amazing people involved. And for those that are listening that didn't know who Nick Storch is, he's like the guy that like made like Coed and Cambria really huge and a lot of really other amazing metal bands. Um, yeah. So he, he, he's a he legend. does a bunch of bands that I'd love to, to tour with. So I, I, I just so like I've, I've only talked to him in person like one time because we haven't had any business to talk about. You know, he, he picked us up during the pandemic, but he just just like the 15 minutes that I got to actually like see him face to face and talk to him. I feel like I learned so much stuff, you yeah, know, I like I just, get to meet that guy. Um, he's he's so smart and he's just on a whole other level. So I feel like very inspired yeah. by it. And I think he's going to really help us make good decisions of what we do. For sure. For everyone listening, if you go to 100 Words or Less, the podcast with Ray Harkins, you can listen to an episode with Nick Storch where he tells you a lot about how he got into the oh, business and um, that. he's worked with. So, yeah, you can, there you go. Um, go listen to it. It's a fantastic interview. Big fan. You can listen anywhere. You listen to normal podcasts, but 100 Words or Less, the podcast. There you go. Nick cool. Storch. Check it out. Um, yeah, it's a great interview. He's a dude's a genius. And I, I like yeah. the, he chooses bands that he really seems to care about and is very interested in in there sonically um and uh, i'm all about it whether it's a band like nothing or a band like shadow of intent the dude has his eye on the prize and knows good mm-hmm. music so very cool yeah so i'm very i feel very fortunate i don't want to let him down i don't think you will your band is the most <laughs> hype band in all of metal right now it's kind of insane Man, it's so weird to, to hear that because like you don't understand we live Michael and I, we are, and Bill too, but he's, Bill is in Vancouver and his, he's very great for like his best friend is the guy that was in his band textbook tragedy is, is Adam. Who's in the band architects. He is his best child. They've known each other since they were five. Oh no shit. Adam Christensen, you know, like their best, best friends. So Bill's he he's had the privilege of watching his friends careers. And then he also has lots of band friends who he doesn't need to like, ever explain stuff to them you know like when you're hanging out with like your normie friends they don't understand Mm -hmm. what it means when you say you got this or that they don't know or care what it means so michael and i live here and we don't have any band friends and you know no one our friends are like oh we're happy for them they're doing what they love but like we can't really like quantify to them what is happening right now like because there's we just can't you can't say oh yes we sold ten thousand records because you know what i mean there's no like number that we can say we did this thing we don't have numbers we don't have like a a quantifying number to be to make them go wow you know in the normal world it's like the impressive thing is like we sold a bunch of records it went number one we got a grammy you know like that they don't understand anything other than like award shows and so 
we are here and there's no one, no one knows anything about what's going on with their band and they don't understand what's happening. And it's, so it's so weird to like talk to someone like you who says, Oh, you guys are so hyped because I don't know or talk to anyone that says that about us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just where our friends are like, Oh, you don't play local shows here. Oh, you guys must not, no one wants you to play. You know what I mean? Like that's just how things are. Yeah, in my opinion, I would say you're the most hype metal band on the planet. Um, but well, it, fuck, dude, we better we better do a good job then. Well, here's the thing: <laughs> the truth, the fact of the matter is, I'm kind of pissed because say things do come back, you know, and things are, we're able to tour, and if you guys accept something else instead of doing that tour with us, you know, and like <laughs> doing that stuff, then your your first like big U.S. tours with somebody else, and I don't get to benefit. And, you know, <laughs> here's the thing is I'm all about myself and like I like to make money and yeah, I want to make a lot of money. So like you have to go on tour with our band. Fine. Okay. <laughs> God. I also want to I also want to tour with um, Era. Oh, yeah, that would be I great. Love J- I love JT so much. Hate like him. I've known him for a long time. I Bad think he's guy. an incredible vocalist. Ugh. Well, actually, if you think he's an incredible vocalist, you can hire JT on FeatureDex.com yeah, right now. Go and can. click on his profile and hire him to screamo on your song. Um, I just efficient. got to see a new era video <laughs> that's not out yet, and it's so good. Oh, I bet it's so... I'm so glad they made a, a video. Did they do it, like, before a pandemic time or after? No, just recently. We all... like oh, So good. they okay. did some, and then... So we use the same crew for our videos. These guys yeah. called Hometown Crew in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Is, um, our friend Kevin Johnson heads the production, and he's a brilliant young man. Um, he shot today's locked in your locked in my head video that's out now. Um, but yeah, you should text JT and be like, Hey, send me that new video. Tuck told me that you have it. it. And, um, it's really cool because if you, yeah, you'll see the, the, the similarities between ours and theirs. Um, cool. After you, Um, but you know, who his vocal range is wild on it. Yeah. It's, it's fucked up. It's fucked up to be quite, it's just, he sounds, but uh, what he does on this song though. I haven't heard the song. No one has. Just me. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I'll, I'll get him to send it to me. Um, yes. You know who does all of our videos? Except for three. Who? Michael, like my band, my husband. Oh, and for real? My mate. Dude, Did you do shoot the all makeup? our own videos. Uh, for, for most of them, yeah. That's but, cool. Like for, for Holy Roller... Bill's wife, Ashley, did my makeup. She's a professional makeup artist. Cool. She, she does. She works with me when she has time. And, um, and Michael does all, he, like, aside from a couple videos where we had our friend Dylan, who's like a professional, you know, production team, he, he did it for like, you know, free, essentially. We still pulled it off and made it look cool. But everything else that we, we have 11 videos and eight of the 11, including Holy Roller, Michael shoots them and directs and directs them and edits them. Like we come up with the concept together and we build everything and he edit, and he edits everything and it just he almost dies each time because he's but not it a looks pers- so good but we don't we only learned how to do all this stuff for this band like we went from you know what i mean like we we only we, we didn't have passion for this before spirit box we just who we can't afford to have someone else do it and the people we can't afford suck so let's but do that's it when ourselves. the best stuff is created is when it's like, well, I know that I really want to do this and I want everyone to, to experience this band and this art that we have in us. But the reality is that we have to work really hard and we have to do this ourselves. And I think maybe that's part <laughs> of why it's so successful is because you guys have done something original. You've put everything into it. You've put every, yeah. you guys have thought about every inch and move and it's amazing and you're not wasting any time. 
it's brilliant. It's all brilliant. And that's well, why so many people appreciate it. It's been a really awesome, um, fine line of like super over calculation. And then also because of that in building what we have, like the complete freedom of, of spontaneity also like Holy Roller was spontaneous. We just were like, ah, fuck it. Let's, what's the one song that we're going to put on our album that we can record. It doesn't have screaming on it. So we feel comfortable, um, you know, doing it ourselves again and then sending it over to the guy who mixes and masters our stuff. And so Holy Roller is the only one with no singing. Yeah. Dan, Dan Bronstein, he, he mixed and mastered our first EP and then all the singles that we did, the second thing we did. And then the, and then for the last three things we've done, we have a song called rule of nines, blessed be and Holy Roller. Those rule of nines and, and blessed be, we like literally wrote with Dan in person Sick. rather than just sending stuff off to him. So it's the first stuff he's produced. And then same with Holy Roller. We made that song up before the tour and he was there with us and we like, we produced it. And then, but we were, so then we were able to like, we, you know, Michael engineered, he tracked all of it and then sent it to Dan and Dan mixed to this. But we, that's why we're waiting on doing the album. Cause we might put, we might record one more song this year, but it looks like we're not going to be able to all like get together because of, covid you know dan's in america we're in yeah. canada and um so i think we're just gonna have to wait until we're, whenever the borders open and we feel safe coming to each other then we'll do it but um it's too bad because we have the whole thing ready to roll we have for like sure. 15 songs just like sitting there no shit and for everyone listening daniel bronstein is the person that we referenced in rory's episode where he also worked on the most recent Dayseeker record um, yeah, and which he is, so is good. a former member of Volumes when they mm-hmm. originally came out. So he's been crushing it. So that's amazing. Yeah, he's um, great. I love the mix on your guys' stuff, and that's also very cool that um, your husband tracked it himself. Yeah, he he cool. all the he tracks all the all he so he so tracks he's super Michael, smart. Michael tracked all of our first EP and all of our thing that we just call like the singles collection. Yeah. And then the last, and then the blessed be and rule of nines are the only ones that he didn't track himself. Um, and we were lucky. We had, we had a friend named, uh, our friend, Tim, he also would, he would come over and help Michael track some guitar stuff. So that way Michael didn't have to do it all by himself and, um, and get it nicely, neatly packaged up to send to Dan um, but for most majority of everything, Michael, like he tracks my vocals and stuff. But we don't, again, we don't like doing that. Michael doesn't like being an engineer. He just, we just do it because we can't afford to have someone engineer it yeah. <laughs> or go down to LA and work with Dan. So, um, but so now that we're able to start affording to do all those like real band things, you know, like those things that you prefer to pay someone else to do, it's, it's really nice because my, man, Michael works so fucking hard in this band. He does so much and he doesn't ever brag about it or, or, put any he doesn't ever say oh i did this you know i i, I did it he just do, he does it i'm talking everything like even our even our album art is michael for our first thing michael that's michael's hand and flowers michael arranged and got our friend to shoot it and then michael edited it and stuff like he does all, he does all he does it all but it's not like again it's not out of passion i get we why you're attracted we to don't want to do i know he's know. handsome and good at guitar and he's best at everything yeah but that's he, great but man, it's, it's, I'm so happy. That's why during the, for Holy Roller, like when we did Blessed Be, that, that video is made by Dylan, our, our friend that we collab with. And we we're like, Michael, aren't you so happy? We're finally making money and stuff now and you never have to make videos again. And then the pandemic happened. So we are, our joke is with Michael, we keep going, just when I thought I was done, they pull <laughs> me back in. And then so they poor Michael. They pull me back in. 
So Michael had to do one more. So we're hoping that's the last one. You fucking gabagool. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, what a gabagool. Yeah, I love it. That's great. They pull me back in. Oh. <laughs> so you guys are Sopranos fans? <laughs> I I haven't finished. I've never watched every single I episode. haven't finished it all, but I, I've been watching it during pandemic. You know, I know how it ends and stuff, but I want to actually watch like the last two seasons. I haven't yeah. actually seen every episode. I'm, that's what I'm going to do this week. I'm going to watch. I want my, Michael, I don't think he's ever watched it, so I want him to watch it. Yeah, I was on the beginning of the fourth season, and I took a little break, and I need to get back to it. But I've watched a lot of television, but mostly just 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Days. And Dude, 90 Day we the other season, way. Season, did you watch season three? <laughs> of which with one? Like, of 90 Days before the 90 Days with, like, Caesar. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God, dude. So... Michael and I have like a ritual where we, our photographer Kyle is like Michael's best friend. He, Kyle does all our photos and stuff. And he comes over and it's so, it's the lamest thing you've ever heard. I don't, it sounds like we're like a weird straight edge couple, but we're not. We go and buy Diet Coke and Kyle goes and buys Halo Top ice cream. And then we come, he, Kyle comes over here and we, cause they're all long. They're like 90 minutes long, right? The, each episode. Yeah. We watch one episode of nine, 90 day fiance before the 90 days. And so we, we started with season three and let me just tell you. Oh, you know what? I'm looking at the Caesar dude right now. No, I haven't seen this one yet. I just watched the first dude. two of before the 90 days. I got to watch that. Is it on Hulu? Um, I don't know. We, we have that thing, that server thing called Plex. Uh-huh. That like you can people upload to a server because um, we don't have I don't think we can have Hulu in Canada but you'll find it you have it you have access to everything in the U S without VPN stuff yeah so you'll find it I I believe in you thank you I God's will find speed. it but yeah it's a very entertaining <laughs> show is it not man it's great I love it it's my fave it's my fave yeah and they just suck you in they never get anywhere in the episode they just keep showing you a preview of the thing that's yep. gonna happen and it never happens never happens and then you just Right now we're on we're on uh, ninety day fiance the other way. So the people from the U.S. are going and moving to another oh country my God. where it's yes. like you know um, you know lady moves to South Africa and is just like oh I didn't realize a, how dangerous that oh. is here yeah it's like, you're like, a dude, fucking idiot did you I'm never like, really? what do you guys all, that's because all the all the fiancés, all they do all day is they just text each other hearts and saying, I love you, my queen. You are my queen. You are my king. I love you. I miss you. I can't wait to see you. You're yep. my king. It's, no, they it's never all talk vapid. about anything. Yeah. They never talk. Like, you think you'd go, hey, what are the customs of your country? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, There's this one lady you know? that's, like, moved to India, and then she's, like, offended every time that he tries to get her to... You know, like trying, um, you know, new clothing or like some of the styles from yeah. India to like fit in more. And she takes it as as like being offended. And I just think it's so rude where it's like, aren't you trying to move there and acclimate there and like be part of I his know. life respect, too? Respect um, their, their thing, dude. Like, and, uh, you it's, know, it's crazy. Just for everyone oh. listening to it's, um, you know, South Africa is a place that we've actually been as a band too, but it's a very oh, interesting yeah, politics right. over there. If you go in and we, obviously we went there, we were safe. We had a great time. We were on a fucking resort, so it yeah. wasn't the same. And, you know, security as a, at a show was a guy with an AK 47. So it's yeah. just a different place. Um, so, you know, you can always look that up if you're interested. But um, what a wild show. I love 90 Day Fiance. It's great. Dude, get 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 to season three when you can. I you're going to love it. You're going to yeah. just love it. I will. Yeah. Well, 
really, I, you know, that's all I got for you today. I'm stoked. Um, yeah. Thanks for I'm doing I'm so happy this. to talk to you. Yeah. Likewise. It's really nice to e-meet you and, you know, it's been an absolute joy and I really admire everything you guys have been doing with your, well, you people. I shouldn't say you guys. You're not a guy. You're a lady. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I say that too, even though it's a microaggression. I know. Well, you, know <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm just trying yeah! to like get better at it just because it's not that hard, but I do realize how much I do it. Like, you and you I know. do. I say, I call everyone girls. Oh, nice. Mm. Like, Come on, girls. <laughs> Yeah, I say that to it's my okay guy to friends say guys. a lot. Yeah. Ladies, let's count. Let's go. <laughs> I look at my friends and I say, you bitches fucking move. Um, Come over. Get over here. That's my, that's my, that's my Bronx accent going, going, uh, da, 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 get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> get it's the so fuck out of here. Get, get the, the fuck, fuck out of here. Get the fuck out. It's the best. It's my, that's like my favorite accent. I just love I love like angry, yeah. angry city accent. Oh yeah. I had good. to, I had to get, you know, kind of New York the other morning where there was this guy screaming across the street at 5 AM, like screaming at <laughs> someone being like, give me the fucking keys. Give me. And then we had to like, we were listening and watching for a minute. He opened the window. I swear to God, if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm going to come <laughs> down here. I'm going to call the fucking cops. I swear. Then, I, swear. <laughs> I fucking swear to God. Um, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it was fun, um, but I don't really like having to get woken up or yell at people at 5 a.m. But then no, they actually had an ambulance there the other night, too, so at the same spot um, two nights ago. It's the charm so. of the city. It's yeah. the reason why everyone romanticizes New York. It's just the coolest place. You know, it's just like there, there's good and bad. There's just characters everywhere. Yeah, it's a very interesting place to live. And, pe- you know, it's um, there's so many different types of people and everyone's a little divided, but also very together in this small little place. Um, yeah. So it's a lot to um, get to absorb and be around and absorb other little pieces of culture, even though you're still in the USA. And, I, you know, I appreciate that and I enjoy it where really New York City is just a city for immigrants. And it's we're all, you know, my family's not far off. My family has like been here for you know I don't know like eighty years something like that. Not that yeah, <laughs> doesn't fucking matter. Everyone act. That's the funniest thing is everyone's like fucking miracle. It's like well well let's talk about this real quick for a moment. Um, <laughs> I have something to say. Now How where's your grandpappy from? Yeah, <laughs> where's you know, okay. Um, and that's the thing is we take this pride in something that we created because it's ours, right? And it's our, yeah. you know, big, beautiful, brand new country that's so different from everything else because it's built on freedom. But the it's reality is, pot. you know, we're very young and stupid and it's like looking at a puppy that fucking shits yeah. on, on the floor. And then you're like, puppy, why'd you have to shit on the floor? And you have we're to like put its face in We're like teenagers in the grand bit, scheme of things. You know? Yeah, like absolutely. a 13 year old. <laughs> We're all figuring it out and, you know, just trying to go to the movies and make out and not get in trouble. Like, you know, yeah. shit happens. So yeah, it'll get figured out in time. Together. Yeah. Get yeah. Your, oh, my God. You know, that was one thing that looking back on it, I wish I would have done is that, you know, they wanted me to get braces. I was like, no, I don't want to, <laughs> you know, because I don't want to. Dude, go me too. And now and everyone like, else has nice teeth and my teeth are jacked up. I know. I wish I would have done it. But we can still get braces and we can, you be know, like Anthony adorable, from like ATB. I know, right? Anthony from ATB, him and his wife own a business for night guards and for teeth straightening. 
that's what they do. We always is talking about, oh, my mm-hmm. wife, me, me and my wife run a business, a dental thing. Uh-huh. That's what it is. Yeah, it's cool. for night guards, and you can do um, like a, a similar like Invisalign type thing as well. Um, so he's someone you should ask, actually. But um, I will. He's a great guy. Great band. Love After the Burial. Love them. Love your team. I'm stoked that you get to hang out with such great people and do your first like spirit box runs with them because oh, that can't really ask so for a much good. nicer band to go tour Europe with for the first oh, time with this per- new project. It was it was so perfect. Everyone was so supportive yeah. of us and didn't just look at us and go, Ugh, no a band on the tour has never toured before. God damn it. You know, like yeah. they were all very nice to us. Yeah, because they guys were have very never toured tough. before. <laughs> yeah, you know, but they didn't know that. They didn't, I, they didn't. No one knew that we were old dudes who had all toured a bunch. They just were like, "Oh, a young band." Yeah. Like you just assume that the person in the band that's never toured before is a bunch of like dweeby little twenty-year-olds. Are like, "We're rock stars. We're 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 taking. We're all taking." Now the you can be like that though. You can show up and you can be like, "Does anyone have my?" I did latte? ten days. Yeah, I'm like I did ten days of a tour. I'm a professional. This now. isn't warm enough, bitch. Throw it. Yeah. And get back. <laughs> Well, let's let's promise that no matter what, if we are in your in New York or you come to Vancouver, we will we will get together. Like, we'll our bands will will come and and watch each other. But hopefully, we see each other every day on the road. I think that that will likely happen. And um, luckily, your managers and my manager are like really tight. And I think that everyone. I mean. We'll see. I mean, really, it's up to you. If you pick something that's like way cooler, then I'll just be like, oh, whatever. But if it's like architects, then I get it. And I won't be yeah. mad at you. I'll be like, oh, can you tell him to like look at my band too? And then he'll be like, that, yeah. Christ- that Christian band, they they suck. And then we'll be like, I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe it. You, I can't believe you've done this. Oh my You're God. You're that dude. You're that guy that punches that other dude in the face. He goes, oh, I can't believe you've done this. Oh yeah, like you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's that's why I always say that. Oh, I can't believe you've done this. I know. <laughs> I'm always scared of those bands that I really like that I know that really hate Jesus, and um, and then they're like, that band's probably really stupid, but because they probably think we're like one of those preachy ones. Even though the reality is, we don't even yeah. really push. You the, guys have been around long enough that, that no one even thinks that of you. You know, it's not. No one like thinks that of you. Yeah. I know all those people. I know no one. There's never like a negative. Yeah. fit for a king vibe when people are like oh no guys like you all you know the you know the douchey preachy ones and you know the ones that are just cool nice people who happen to be in a christian band that, like that's not their identity you know? yeah and everyone that's listened to the show right now definitely thinks i'm the most christian guy they've ever heard speak so that's for sure <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh you know it's just one of those things that uh um, I think it's humorous when it does occasionally come up, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I think at this point, most people that know the band now have no fucking clue we even came from that background. So, it's and like I that. think that's good. But I think that's I think that's sick. It just oh, shows yeah. that you transcended yeah, nice. a small little box that a lot of people can't escape from. You know, absolutely. And the reality is that if you don't like my band, you're going to hell. So yeah, there you go. You um, will, the devil will get you. Satan's gonna come up. He gonna get you. Um, that was my fa- that was my favorite billboard when I lived in Alabama. When we drive by, it was because I'm that's where I'm from. From Al- I'm from Alabama, oh. which is hella Christian, that's and cool. and and that was my favorite billboard. Was just the one, and it didn't even say what the company was that was selling. It just said, "Go to church, or the devil will get you." That's the truth, though. Yeah, it is the right. truth, baby. So <laughs> you know. So, 
<laughs> Gosh darn diddly, they ain't that true. <laughs> yeah. Go to the devil. The devil's going to get you. I love it. All right. Well, thank you for having me on here and, and for for not letting me pee for the last two hours. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna jump off the phone and run. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hold on one second. Thanks for being on the show. <laughs> You're the fucking best. Don't pee your pants. And uh, I hope I get to cross paths with you soon. I, I hope so, too. And if you ever want to talk to any of the other dudes in the band for an episode, hit, hit me up and, and you'd, you'd love talking to them and I'll, I'll tell them about it. Yeah, that would be great. I would really love to. And I think a lot of people would love to hear, especially from your husband, if he's been writing all the tunes, because I think people yeah. just, there's so much we could still talk about with Spirit Box, but I will, I will try not to drag it on. So you go and enjoy yourself. And Thank it was a you. pleasure. And um, thank you to Jason and thank you to you for being on the show. Um, it was, yeah, it's really nice. And everyone wanted you. So I can't wait to put oh, this out. It's going to well, be awesome. Thank, thank you. And I hope you have a good day and I'll go watch your new video. And congrats on that. Congrats on your new website you've launched. And congrats on the podcast. Everyone loves it. Thanks so much. Trying to stay busy. Yeah. So I appreciate yeah, it. Man. But yeah, man. I'll talk to you, you soon. Have a, you have a great weekend. Thanks. I'm going to my parents and going on the lake. It's going to be great. So. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. I'll talk to you soon. You're the best. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, you jabronis. The show is over. It was a long one, so I'm not going to sit here and ramble. Thank you for listening. I love you. Go break your bedroom to Holy Roller. See you next Monday at 4 p.m. on Adobe Howl. Go check out my website, FeaturedX.com, and get a feature on your next song from your favorite vocalist. Why? Because you can, and why shouldn't you work with your favorite vocalist? I'm going to do it myself when Davey Havoc gets back to me in my dreams. Okay, everybody. I'll see you next week, and as always, remember to get to